G1 season is among us. We are Thank two days in to the G1 Climax tournament at the time of recording on our usual time of a Monday. Kieran Orridge, Shining Wizards Matt, Bread Club is back. Oh yeah, we are dropping elbows on all of your nuts this week. <laughs> damn, uh, Kieran, how are you? I am good. I am... We're eating well, New Japan fans. Lots of lots of good stuff in and outside the ring. Both, you know, people people have been cooking. Lots of chefs in the kitchen, all trying to roast each other, man. In all these interviews, in the G one press conference, every avenue we can get, man. That the the points outside the ring are just as vital as the points in the ring. Yeah, the G one that might they may have been the best, uh, the most entertaining G one press conference, uh, let oh. alone any <laughs> press conference they've ever done. I, I I think that's a safe bet. Yeah, the, the press conference was just endless entertainment. Uh, Independence Day shows a, a while back now, but we recorded just before they started. We're going to talk about that because they were two show of the year contenders. Of course, the two opening nights at the G1 Climax as well. Um, it, it, you know, there was, a, there was a bit of a break between the Independence Day shows and the G1, but New Japan gave us lots of content, all these interviews, all these quotes. Um, it, it's been a fun, fun couple of weeks. Yeah, no, I, I it's, it's it's been a wild ride. If you're a pro wrestling fan and a New Japan fan, I mean, there's there's a lot going on here. How are you doing over there in uh, jolly old England? Well, we're, we're keeping on, we're keeping on. I saw I saw a uh, all in advert on the side of a bus this morning on my way to work. Um, so yeah, that that's exciting. That's that's I don't appreciate just how soon that is. We're we're halfway through July. It's like a month away, pretty much at this point. Um, but yeah, we're. I, I mean, I've got. I've got some bad news actually, Matt. Some bad news oh. about the, about the state of Britain. All right. Um, Great O'Khan is no longer our champion. He is no longer the champion of the British. I, Great, I, Great O'Khan has lost his crown. He is no longer the prime minister slash king slash ruler of England. It's been a rough, rough couple of days for Great O'Khan. It has. He he was uh, non characteristically quiet at the G1 Climax press conference. Um, He's going for a rough patch. Little old great O'Conn right now. Now, is Michael Oku, has he taken over? Is he officially the prime minister or is he just happy to be the champion? I think Michael Oku is probably happy to be the champion. I think up right now, Michael Oku just wants to get his belt. Trent Seven mugged him. Trent Seven ran away with a belt through the crowd, out the front doors, down the streets of Bethnal Green um, with Michael's belt after he won it. So at this point, Michael would just be happy to see the title, I'm sure. Do you think he's happy that he doesn't have to carry it around until, until he gets back? <laughs> it's a huge belt, isn't it? I, I I see it often, so I don't appreciate. I I forget, but when it when Will debuted it, it's like double the size of the old belt. But it's really cool as well. I I, I dig it. I look. I understand, but let's just let's hypothetical, right? You've tra- you've traveled to America. You've traveled. You're you're a well traveled young man. That's such if a you good had to point. put that IWB, IWGP championship into your suitcase every single time. You traveled. You'd probably not want to have the belt. It's a very fucking good point. They weigh a ton. They're big. They're chunky. Like that's taking up half your suitcase. Like, yeah, I feel bad for those guys. Actually, that's a very good point. Having to carry that around, it's like a gift and a curse, right? Like we look. We all don't like. We're not. We're not very high on Kenta, but he has to put that fucking Defy Championship into his suitcase and travel from Seattle to Japan to wherever the next strong show is back to Seattle. He's got to lug that son bitch around for this G1. You would hope 
that the promotion perhaps chips in on the the added expenses because luggage only lets you have so much and stuff. You know, you're getting the fire, getting the exposure of the championship being on New Japan. Rev Pro get the exposure when Great Okan's taking it everywhere. Um, they they could chip in a little bit. Right, and as if travel's not hard enough, then they see it in the suitcase through the yeah. X-ray, and they want to open. The, oh, who's the wrestler? Whose suitcase is this? Let me have a word with you, sir. <laughs> I'm good. Give yeah. me my hot dog and a handshake. I'll be part of <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, no, Matt. Matt will not be the champion of your local promotion anytime soon. No, I have no interest in being the champion. <laughs> I'm mid card. I'm mid card. I'll be the chow. You know. I'll be the guy that the uh, the face beats. I'll be good heel. You'll be the Tomohiro Ishii. You'll you'll make the new champion look great. Do you have a big Tom's got a belt? He does. Yeah, it's a small belt. It's a small belt. Yeah, he's still fucking uh, carry it with him though. Maybe I mean maybe not in the G one. No, he don't need none. None of them rocked up in the G one with a title. No, Tanahashi go uh, Tanahashi Okada and. Uh, issue or neither of them walked out with a six-man tag titles bizarrely no love for the six man um do do so in it's been a couple two weeks since we've since we last uh, got together we was the eve of independence day here in the united states when we recorded is it just july 4th in england do you guys not care it's just july 4th in england we don't care I don't care. I don't think we care. Maybe there's some stuff. I'm in London. I'm not far. I'm a stone's far away from central London, from, you know, West End, Trafalgar Square, Leicester Square, all the big London hallmarks, Big Ben, all that type of shit. Um, I'm sure there was something going on uptown to celebrate July 4th. Uh, what it was, I don't know. But yeah, no, it, it was another day. It was a Tuesday for us, I'm sure. I want to say. Do you guys fuck with the fireworks over there? Not for July 4th, for Bonfire Night we do. Remember remember oh. the 5th of November, Gunpowder, Treason, and Plot. 5th of November is Fireworks Day for you, huh? You know what? There's a very good chance I got that rhyme wrong. There's nobody here to correct you. Someone, someone will correct me in a day or two when this hits YouTube. Um, but yeah, no, we, we celebrate. But we have a Bonfire Night because of Guy Fawkes and all that political bullshit. So you just make a fire? In your backyard? No, no, just this. It's a, it's a big fucking excuse to for everyone to just set off fireworks and be fucking nuisances in their back gardens, and you know, just set fireworks off. You get proper like celebrations, like in open spaces on like you know fields and everything. There'll be like uh, ones done by like the local communities and stuff right. like that. Like the local governments and stuff will host events, and you'll get a big proper display and everything. It's a great evening out for the kids and stuff, but. Then you get all the melons that are just in their tiny garden shooting on fireworks and keeping you up all night. Right. That guy who rides a motorcycle didn't graduate yes. high school, yes. but he gets all the, the best fireworks. Yes. Get the shit out of your animals. Fuck yep. that. Yep. Uh -huh. that. Them guys are around and it's a, it's for weeks before and weeks after. Yeah. It is. It's a, an annoying time, especially for all the poor animals. It's the worst. I hate, I fucking hate the 4th of July. <laughs> You might hate the 4th of July, but it gave us Independence Day. It gave us Independence Day. I'm talking about the New Japan shows, of course, not the fucking film. Right. Um, no, I mean, the film, though, if it's not on your list of uh, watching a film a day, buddy, I mean, it's a good one. Uh, I don't think it was. I, I, I feel like I saw it once a long, long time, once upon a time, a long, long time ago. Um, I say I say that now it's a good film. I probably haven't seen it since it's come out. I also yeah, thought Howard the Duck was a good movie. I mean, and then I <laughs> watch that. And I fucking hated it. Independence Day, the film, or Independence Day, the doubleheader at Coroquin Hall. 
I know which one I I'm picking. Double header. Give me the double exactly. header all day. Um, I think these two shows were off. The, were fucking incredible. The crowd made these shows. Ha, ha, fucking applaud for that Coracoin crowd. Um, absolutely showing all the love to everyone. Uh, we have to hit the highlights uh, starting from the first night. I'm going to jump all the way to match number six. Uh, Alex Coglin, Gabe Kidd defeating Bishamon to win the strong openweight tag team championships. And I loved it. Fucking great. This was a brawl. This was a fight. This was Gabe Kidd coming to the ring and throwing 20 chairs around before he even fucking like stepped foot in the ring. It, it was phenom- phenomenal. Gabe Kidd is a problem. Why is Gabe Kidd a problem? Did you, I mean, <laughs> did you not watch this? Did you not watch He's the a, G1? Gabe problem Kidd to the office. Problem. To, to the office, not to fans. He's a delight. I don't know about that, bro. The way he went through, I mean, we'll get to it when we talk about the G1. He's going to... I'm so excited to talk about the G1 press conference. He's going to fucking... Oh, my God. The G1 press... He's going to mur- He's gonna hit a fan. A fan going <laughs> to out at some point there, during this G1. There is a good chance he throws a chair or a better eye. Um, but, yeah, no, I did this match. Alex Hogan, Gabe Kidd going full guns blazing. Just no bullshit. Hard hitting, fighting, scrapping. It was awesome from beginning to end. I, I really enjoyed this. And, you know, we always thought one of the two tag titles were changing. And I suppose we all thought it would be this one. Um, I'm over the moon that these two boys are holding tag titles right now. Yeah, no, this is great for them. This is this is part of what we hope for when they when they join David Finley's Bullet Club um, and the War Dogs. I guess it's Bullet Club War Dogs is what we're the official name of the Bullet Club exactly. now. Yeah, uh, this for this branch of the Bullet Club, at least, I'd say. Look, I'm, I mean, we're going to talk about it. I think this is the only branch of the Bull Club. Fingers crossed. I'd be into dream. Please don't ever watch. If you're ever going to do something that you have joy in your life with, don't watch an evil match before you do it. <laughs> it definitely. It sucks the ever living fucking life out of you. I'll tell you that right now. Matt literally finished watching an evil match, the evil G1 match, just before we jumped on to record this. Um, the only thing I didn't like about the fucking nights one and two, it, but we'll get to that. It's all uphill from here now, though, on the break club. Um, and then the, the joy continues for the War Dogs. Clark Connors and Driller Maloney defeating TJP, Francesco Akira, catch 2-2 to become the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Again, this was phenomenal. The, the IWGP Junior Tag Team title scene has been unmissable. As soon as catch 2-2 won the titles, that's continued throughout, through them dropping the titles to them getting back titles to this now. And I think Driller Maloney and Clark Connors can really keep that momentum at a high. The, these are two guys that can keep the level that Catch 2-2 have set. Yeah, no, I agree. Driller Malone, he's the, he's the guy with the fireworks. He's blowing shit up. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, 100%, he's, man. He's a fucking nuisance. I've, have you seen to go, go, or go on a little tangent? They put a video up on the New Japan like YouTube. It's like 20 minutes long of them war dogs in Tokyo or something. Um, and there's, there's clips of it on the Twitter and stuff. They're just fucking animals they're dogs didn't they they're war dogs they're they're right getting fucked up they're drinking on the street they're smoking they're causing a mischief it is it's brilliant it's it's really worth watching but dan maloney the math on him he he could talk he he can talk like but he's good at it as well he's such a good shit talker yeah no it's it what do they say the best the best wrestlers their characters are like just them oh Uh, yeah like amped up yeah, and it's like, yeah. look, we've talked, we've, I've, we talked to Clark and Coglin, and you know, Gabe Kidd. Like, 
you know, that's what the, some of the best stories they tell are like them fucking drink until six in the morning and then having to go to the roller, go into to roller coasters the next day and they can't <laughs> the phone because they dropped it by the toilet. Like this is just them fucking amped up and it is working so well. I can't wait to talk about the G1 press conference because there was Sorry, a lot of her. light that they 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 shown on, on you know, that it's where's the line for reality in the storytelling? I don't know if there is one, right? It's that, that's the times when wrestling is the best as well. And like during that video, Driller Maloney, they get a Guinness and it's in like, they get a beer, sorry, and it's in like a half pint glass because that's just what this pub does, this whatever, this establishment. And it's got a big head on the beer. Obviously, you should only have a really small head if you're drinking certain beers. And Driller's like, what the fuck is that? This thing's got a bigger head than Francesco Akira. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. He is so fucking comical throughout it. It's funny, man. Um, but Independence Day continues with the main event, the exciting encounter, Doomsday, no disqualification match, El Desperado and Jun Kasai defeating John Moxley and Homicide. Um, I fucking love this so much. Uh, Homicide was there he, as well. You know, he, he played a part. Um, <laughs> but dude, have, have you ever heard a reaction when Jun Kasai's music hit? That reaction was probably the biggest pop I've heard this year, man. That was unbelievable. It's it's you know June Kasai in New Japan was not on my bingo card in 2023, but it works. It works so well, and I know a lot of people have like a lot of ill will towards John Moxley because you know the wind blows a certain direction and he just starts bleeding. But this is who John like this is who he was before he was Dean Ambrose. People uh-huh. like this isn't anything fucking new. He's just doing it on a national stage, and he's doing it through this unbelievable wrestling and this storytelling and this match. Holy shit! I he just he's just doing what he loves, Mox man. How how can you begrudge the man? Like, okay, if it's not your cup of tea, you're cool. Just shut the fuck up. You know the 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 discourse as the 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 word of the day as always. Like when people were seeing the kebab sticks inside Moxie's head and everything, and like some great Japanese photographer fan picture just went viral and got stolen and reposted all over the place, which is always bollocks. Like, credit these people, man. Don't steal their shit. Um, yeah, like, you know, oh, wow, he left WWE to do this and, you know, he, he's not a dynamite because he wants to do stupid shit like this. Like, fuck you. Like, this is awesome. He loves it. The crowd loved it. Who the fuck are you? Of course. I, I am. I So I just started reading his book. Oh, it's great. It's great. And, like, his... You know, there's a lot of people who are in the wrestling business and the wrestling industry who like are in it for, for it's like it's a payday for them, right? Like, the, but John Moxley fucking loves professional. He loves professional wrestling. He loves the ability to be creative. And I think people don't see the forest through the trees. Like, he's not in the WWE because he can't be creative. He can't be creative. He's a stupid shit with a plant, like goofy shit. It's the same reason why Eric Young left the WWE. He doesn't. He can't be creative, and he doesn't want to work for Vince McMahon. Like, Mox. let these guys ply their trade. They're artists. Doesn't matter if you don't. If you don't like it, just fucking watch somebody else. That's it, man. That is it. Just watch something else. Why are you commenting on shit you're not watching? Like people, you know, oh, this isn't for me. Like, did you watch it? No, I saw that one picture. Exactly. So shut the fuck up. Like, you know, there's a reason me and Matt aren't here telling you how bad WWE is and how they should do this with Roman Reigns and why are they doing that with LA Knight? Like, we don't watch it. So we're not going to sit here and bitch about it. Like, it That's, is r- ridiculous. Yeah, my t- I look, man, I'm very transparent through every platform I do. I do not have a lot of fucking time. <laughs> free, t- I, free time is not on my plate. 
So I'm going to watch what I want to watch. If you're going to hate watch something, good for you for having all that fucking extra time. I don't have it. So when I watch TV, when I sit down to watch wrestling or sports or movies or whatever, I watch what I want to watch because who has fucking time to be mad all the time? Besides maybe uh, John Moxley, who's clearly was mad this whole weekend. In <laughs> Oh, man, these shows are awesome. Um, the second night... Uh, impromptu junior tag title defense for the newly crowned champions, Jill and Maloney, Clark Connors, defeating Yo and Rocky Romero in a fantastic match. Um, I ha- had a hopes and inkling this might happen when they won and I see who was coming out to face them and stuff. Um, but I'm a big fan of that. Get a quick defense under the belt. That way, you know, if they drop it, if an injury happens, if the unexpected happens, they've got that one defense. Like, zero defenses can be good if done right. You know, no one ever wants to see a transitional champion, but get that one defense under their belts and they're off to the races. Yeah, let's and Rocky and Yo are pretty formidable duo. And yeah, they were great. If we're gonna, these are the new top dogs of the junior heavyweight tag team division. Like, let's get them a win over a, a pretty formidable team. So I thought that was a good move. I would love to see the monsters, the mur- the murder sauce monsters become a real thing. In New they're, ca- they're coming. They're, they're coming over. They're coming in the US. They're coming everywhere. They, Lance Archer said he's, they're going to come on you. They're going to come on me. They're going to they come. <laughs> they're coming everywhere. If you haven't seen this backstage promo, you got to check it out because you might be getting cummed on by the monster sauce. Wow. That, that's that's Lance Archer's like words. Lance Archer's words. Lance Archer's words. Lance Archer been hanging out with Magnum TA. <laughs> um but it, they, they they've teased this isn't the end for them you know alex zane was always pushing it as a junior heavyweight and best of the super junior super junior tag league and stuff like that um so yeah this is a heavyweight combination world tag league let's go let's go i'm gonna come on you like nobody's ever come on you before <laughs> oh shit <laughs> I, I, I did not know that was coming i did not know we had the technology um oh yeah i got a whole like, over here Kojima with his cock drop did not have the technology. Um, I did not know we had the technology on Break Club. Uh, but yeah, that, I think that's the beginning of something. Um, the next match, man. The Team Filthy, Tom Lawler, Royce Isaacs, Jerome Nelson coming out in the full USA regalia. Royce Isaacs with an Abraham Lincoln beard and the top hat. The crowd loving it. Matt, there was a USA chant in Korokuen Hall from an entirely Japanese crowd during this match for Team Filthy. What the fuck? You gotta love wrestling, man. People fucking get behind it. It was, it was. This show was the the July fifth. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, so it was the fifth of July. Yeah. But it, come on, it it was from this crowd. Like I said, they were so invested into everything. They were so excited to see these guys they'd watched for strong on years. They were so excited for the big matches. They like. I, I just mean, I think that sums it up perfectly. The fact that a Japanese crowd done a USA chant in a, for a Japanese show in Japan, in Korokuen Hall. Like, that's just exceptional. Um, I'm going to not so humble brag here, Matt. Oh, when I went with Pro, I, I ended up bumping into Tom Lawler and hanging out with him for the better part of an hour. Um, just <laughs> like totally unplanned, literally. Uh, I saw him walking down the street. I went up and said, you know, we follow each other on Twitter. And he was like, I, I introduced myself. And he was like, I would have never guessed that's how you pronounce your name based on how it's spelled on Twitter, um, which I get a lot. But yeah, no, we I, we just went walking. Um, you know, he, he wanted to grab some food and we were just shooting the shit. Um, and he was saying like, that strong shows, man. He he can't believe that that USA, John. He was so happy. And I imagine Royce and Jarrell just as much. And 
But yeah, no, again, to hang out with Tom Lawler and pick his brain for the better part of an hour was, was obviously really fucking cool. <laughs> you would have seen the picture on Twitter. What I, I've been so fucking busy, Kieran, I have no idea. Here you go, just just for you, Matt. Oh, you know, Why I not? could go through your Twitter feed if I really need to see it, Kieran. You're a fucking There's... dick. <laughs> I'm this guy. You have the best luck, man. That God. literally was pot fucking luck. Um, I okay. So I just finished having lunch with Gideon Gray. Um, <laughs> he's going one way back to the venue. My fiance Hazel wanted to get a coffee, so we were going another way. And as we've gone the other way, we've seen we've seen Tom Lawler. So literally, lucky, super fucking lucky, unbelievably lucky. Does Hazel? I've only seen Hazel once when uh, we were sneaking through the room after shower, um, <laughs> and I've talked to her through text and DM. My wife would bust my balls for fanboying does uh does hazel do any of that or she just is happy to see you happy mm, definitely the latter she's really smart as well like i was walking down the street speaking to tom and she quickly snapped a picture of the two of us like i swear to god i thought you were holding his hand <laughs> no there is a big gap between the hands and the bodies but no but like she grabbed that and I'd, that's like that's such a cool picture for me like yeah do you know what i mean and like no she she's a wrestling fan as well she's not as you know she's not falling down the rabbit hole like me and you but she has an interest she gets excited if you pro show she loves zach saber jr loves zach saber jr's bits she's praying that he'll be at the meet and greet for rev pro's anniversary show next month so she can meet him again because it's been so many years um so yeah she she's asking tom she's like why did you quit ufc and stuff like that like because we were speaking about mma and stuff and you know she's got a genuine interest and she nice. it, it helps to have that person as well that's not gonna be in their head like right, i would course. be do you know yeah. what i mean she it, 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 it's perfect um but yeah no she she <laughs> i'm i'm very lucky she might be in her head like oh fucking hell here we go again but she doesn't say it out loud at least because my wife would bust my eye <laughs> all right you know what I'm going to go and maybe say a little humble brag on my end. Let's go. In. Um, I am in a, in conversations to uh, possibly meet up with someone par- who's part of the AEW Ring of Honor roster to do some bowling Thursday night. Bowling? Yes, what the be fuck? In town, yeah. And I uh, actually a uh, pretty good bowler, and so is this professional wrestler. So we're working on meeting up and going rolling. AEW slash ROH wrestler. Yes. Who's good at bowling. Yes. I don't know enough about these rosters. I don't want to put, I don't want to, I, you know, I'll tell you who it is later. I just don't want to say it and then have people I, fucking. And it doesn't happen and stuff. Yeah, I know. Or like uh, they just fucking show up and be like awkward about it. <laughs> um, Let's get back to independence. I also, fi- I also find oh. it hard that it was happenstance, but you and Tom look like you guys called each other up and dressed exactly the fucking same. <laughs> hey, Hazel point. said that to me. She was like, literally, she was like, you guys even dressed the same. <laughs> oh, God. Um, now, Kier- Kieran, I'll hit you with another brag. Because our next match here for the, uh, for the strong women's championship, Julia defeated Willow Nightingale. Kieran, I'm a 99.9% that I will be in Philadelphia for the Super Juniors and Julia's first appearance. That's what Meltzer's reporting. Meltzer's reporting that Julia will be at Philadelphia defending her title at this uh, 
all-star junior festival um i mean he's got the dates wrong but it's dave so you know we should be <laughs> well i mean they've got the multiverse united show as well that same weekend yes so he i saw this today and i looked and it was like friday august 19th saturday august 20th and i was like fuck no dude those are not the right dates because i did not try and take off for friday <laughs> then i had to pull up a fucking calendar and dave good old dave has it wrong 19th is a saturday the 20th is a sunday Right. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah. Dave is reporting that Julia will be defending. Um. I would imagine that the fans have looked into it, and there's a gap in the five star Grand Prix schedule because, as we discussed on the as we discussed on the last episode, pardon me, Stardom's summer tournament starts this coming week as well on Friday. Um. But theirs is a lot more spaced out. It takes place over like two months compared to G1 being uh, across thirty days. Um. But yeah, Julia defeating Willow Nightingale. Great match. Um, shout out to Tekla on the night before as well. She's fantastic. Um, but this was awesome. Uh, Willow just exerting her strength as she should always do. Julia fighting from underneath um, and winning things eventually with uh, an awesome Northern Lights bomb. Uh, and yeah, the first of two new strong champions that were crowned on this night. But no one's going to be upset with Julia being a champion because she, she's, she is a mega star. She's got the look. Everything about her just screams star. Yeah, and I think the um, I think the end game right is her and Mercedes whenever she is healed. So that's what the obvious thing. That's what people certainly think. Um, it's not going to come as a shock, I suppose, if we do get that. Um, I'd want Julia to fucking win. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, this was great, a great showcase, and um, you know, the, the belt is on a, a great representative as well for uh you know from the stardom side at least it's different having willow on aw tv and stuff um next match iwgp tag team championship match bishamon this time retaining against war dogs alex coglin gabe kid um i like this uh because it if you could if you watched if compare it to the match before bishamon ready for the bullshit this time right war dogs tried to attack as soon as they came out of the apron bishamon were ready to go from the off this time they didn't get caught off guard they were ready to play the game. They were ready to get down and dirty. And War Dogs tried to do the same thing twice, and it didn't work. I, I was a fan of the story being told here. Yeah, and I think you saw more in this match the cohesive unit that is Bishimon versus yeah Alex and Gabe. But you know they're they just started being a tag team, right? And here we have Bishimon, who's been together for a couple of years now. Like it, it clearly showed. And I'm ready for the rubber match. Like let's let's run it back one more time. Let's do this. Yeah, for sure. I'm not. Uh, is some in are they in the same block? Goto and Alex are in the same block. Yoshihashi is not in the same block as Gabe Kid. Yoshihashi's in B. Gabe's in A. Um, yeah. Then the night continues. Um, with uh Eddie Kingston defeating Kenta to win the strong openweight championship match. This was actually a decent match. Um, Kenta was Kenta stood up to the task here. Um, and Eddie Kingston met him halfway. I thought they'd done something really good, all things considered. Um. But the, the the talk is the post match, the 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 emotion from Eddie Kingston, man, the homicide coming there to give him a big hug, Eddie Kingston breaking down in tears, like you will never see this the strong openweight championship will never mean more to someone than it did to Eddie Kingston right now. Right. And I think that helps elevate the strong title with with you know, and nothing against what what Filthy Tom and Fred did before this, but like Eddie Kingston lives and breathes Japanese professional wrestling. And he like th his promos are 
there's nothing fake about it, right? Like he, they're genuine, and I think that's why people love him so much. And I think that's why he's so good because he, he is, you know, very from the heart, and uh, and it shows. And I think you know he gets a, he has the platform on AEW and Ring of Honor, uh, and he's going to be carrying this championship around, um, you know, throughout the G1. Like this is really gonna. This is really going to up the ante on the uh, the strong openweight championship, in my opinion. I've got a question for you, man. Not so much a question, but I want you to connect the dots here. When I give you another name alongside Eddie Kingston. Okay. Gabe Kidd. Do you get Eddie Kingston vibes from Gabe Kidd in that it all feels very real? It all feels very rough. It all feels very street. Do you know what I mean? The talking, I, I mean, not, not, not so much in the ring, the talking. Yeah, I, I do. I do. And I was I was surprised to hear and we're going to get to the G1 because we got to talk. So uh, close. The G, but I was surprised to hear that they on commentary during his match um, against Chase Owens, how they brought up his mental state, because that was yeah. such a big thing a couple of years ago. I was at that New Japan show in Philadelphia where he announced that he had taken time off because yeah, he was right in the head, you know, so it's. It, and it's a it's a major issue in the world and and professional wrestlers talk about it where that some some of them get off social media or they just take time away because they can't because they have to get their their self right and that's that's fine i'm just surprised to hear commentary bring it up but at the same time it's a real thing right this is a real struggle that gabe kid has gone through so it makes sense and it's it, it, you can you can connect the dots between him and Eddie Kingston because Eddie Kingston had those same struggles. Yeah, like, clearly he wasn't cutting promos during that, but when he talks about it now, where he was, you know, fucking up in wrestling and he felt like he wasn't worth a shit and he wanted to kill himself, you know, and the only thing that really kept him his head above water was all Japan pro wrestling when he was watching the Four Pillars. So, yeah, that's a great comparison, you know, and and Gabe is, with all due respect to Eddie, a little a little younger. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. But the sky's the fucking limit for Gabe Kidd, especially. Yeah. I mean, come on. You have Eddie Kingston's going to be there for the G1 now. like, And you have Eddie Kingston's whole playbook. Like, You can definitely build off of of how to how to convey your real-life struggles and do a wrestling promo and, and suck the people in. Yeah, no, you, that was, was all very much exactly my thoughts and everything, man. That, that Gabe Kidd has that same vibe for sure. Um. Yeah, Eddie Kingston winning. Uh, it, it was such a great moment, man. Um, but then the main event, very different change of gears. We go to a final death match. El Desperado defeated by John Moxley. Uh, the Japanese tables doing what they do best, refusing <laughs> to break despite Moxley's best efforts. Um, barbed wire, flimsier tables in the corners. Both men going through that. Barbed wire across a table, Russian leg sweep off the apron, through it, uh, mutual fucking destruction, uh, barbed wire fists being thrown, the skewers in the head. Um, this was like a, a kind of El Desperado busted out like a kind of El Pinche Loco, just straight on the fucking head and stuff as well. I'm sure it is in this match. Maybe I'm misremembering. Um, but this this was great. This was fantastic. Uh, these two men must love each other. They're, they're just magic in the ring together. Yeah, and I think I think Despy is that guy, and we've talked about it in the in the previous twenty six episodes of this show. <laughs> Our love for Despy, but I think he really flies on. Like, don't forget, last year he dusted it off, and he had that fucking war with June Kasai, right? He did that live match of the year as well against June Kasai last year. Absolutely incredible. 
Like he can, he he is so well versed where he's doing death matches. He's working juniors. He can work with the the heavyweights. Like he's such a great talent. And I don't, I, I think it surprises people when they see a match like this against Moxley. But you have to; these guys all started somewhere. Yeah, if you're you know? paying attention, man, Despy is. Uh, he's just. He he's he's got the same vibe as Moxley right now. Actually, like he just wants to do shit. He wants to do death matches. He's doing death matches. He, you know, wants to do these cool collaborations and stuff in merch and whatnot. And you know, Starlight Kid, the stuff, historic crossover, and obviously Best of Super Juniors. And he, yeah, El Des- Desperado is is superb, man. Um, but yeah, th- this was fantastic. Um, you know, it, it's more kind of retreading the steps of the night before um if we was to go into it but obviously these men were able to tell more of a story with just the two of them rather than the night before just being let's go fucking crazy yeah and i thought it was a great way to end the night you know you come up at the, at the emotional eddie win and now like we're gonna change gears and these guys are gonna kill each other and it's gonna be fucking awesome oh, moxie's post-match promo as well <clears throat> saying how he wishes every wrestler could come to Coroquen and uh you know, he, this is the best place for wrestling in the world, and they don't. They, he hopes the fans appreciate how special it is that they what Coroquin is, and how he it was a baptism by fire when he had his first main event against Ishii, and it changed him. Um, he, he's just got so much love and appreciation for Japanese wrestling. Like at the end of the day, he didn't have to go do this. He didn't have to fly to the other side of the world. He didn't have to leave his wife and kid. He didn't have to miss Dynamite. You know, this is no doubt something he wanted to do. Otherwise, he's not going. Why he he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do at this point in his career. And he said, right. "No, I, I want to go fucking bleed and get my ass kicked two nights in a row, uh, in front of you know twelve hundred screaming Coroquin fans." So, fucking all the love in the world for John Moxley. Yeah, it's fantastic stuff. And if you listened, if you've if you've taken the time to check out the Wizards podcast, that we uh, when we talked to Bad Dutito, he's in the same boat. Like, he's a wrestling historian. Like these places mean so much to these guys, like wrestling at Coricon, wrestling at the 2300 Arena, the Cow Palace, uh, you know, Wembley State. Like, it's so important to these guys, to the history that all these buildings hold to go there and be a part of it. It's definitely a life-changing experience. We're done. Independence Day is done. I love the shows. It's just it's a bit back in my mind now, but I'll be, I'm, I'm excited to speak about the G1 Climax press conference. It was... The, it was the most entertaining thing in wrestling this year, perhaps. Like, oh my god, who was your favorite? If you had oh, to pick, that's like choosing a favorite child or choosing one of my favorite cats. The answer is Tom Tom. Don't tell Yuki. Um, oh man, I for totally different reasons, and it's gonna probably show my bias here. Gabe Kidd and, and Alex Coglin, they just went totally different directions. Uh, Gabe Kidd went chaotic evil. I'm gonna. I've got. I've got the links open on the New Japan website. I'm. I'm. We'll go block by block. But a a block. Gabe Kid. Fucking just everything. Like he enters. He refuses to sit next to Kaito Kiyomiya. He picks up his chair. He moves it somewhere else. And then Yoshiashi ends up next to him. And he's like, "Fuck's sake!" Um. But then he. It's finally his turn to get on the mic. And he gets up. He's like, "All right." Throws the water bottle. Kazuchika Okada. Oh yeah. So cool. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, and then Gabe Kid gets on the mic and gets in Okada's face and is chatting shit. And Okada's got such a big fucking goofy grin on his face. Gabe Kid steps away, gets ready to cut his promo and goes, all right. And then in the background, all you hear is Okada go, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Okada is 
phenomenal sureties. Um, but yeah, then Gabe Kid just cuts the promo, goes off. Who else has got thrown into a mental hospital and is here now? Only him. And he fucking flies, Matt. He flies across the table to attack Yorosuji. Amazing. That was... You know, you think Okada's right. First of all, I had to watch it like three times because I didn't know where that was. Yeah, I didn't know where that was. Com- I didn't know where that was coming from. And I'm like, what is that? That's that. We need that. We need that for the soundboard. I can. I'll definitely pull that. I'm like, is that Okada's mouth moving? I'm like, this motherfucker. And then to go after Suji was just it. To go over the tape, go over like Okada's right there. You could have just fucking kicked Okada, in there, <laughs> right? But to to the effort he made to go after Suji was was he fucking control. It was so clean as well. And Renderita doesn't even budge. Like he doesn't even <laughs> blink, and he's right there. He always gets a flying Gabe in his face, and he just doesn't flinch. Like well done, Renderita, for keeping in character like that. But the fly over the table is tremendous, and then he just rocks up to Kato Kiyomiya, and it's it's not even a lariat. It's just a fucking fud. I don't know. Like he proper drops Kato Kiyomiya with it though. Um, and then he gets thrown out. He, he arrived, raised hell, and leave. Gabe Kid got the old Stone Cold uh, way of things going at the moment. Yeah, the um, I I really enjoyed the the Coglin one too, with the story about the two shirts he wanted to send to his parents. Like, and again, you you don't know, like, fuck, like this guy's missing birthdays and anniversaries. I mean, and yeah, he said like. Both his grandparents died, man, and one of his uncles died, and his uncle was a big wrestling fan. And he and he fucking just wants to send his parents t-shirts, and they're like, no, like we're not, we're saving it for just the wrestlers. And man, what a fucking story! And like, you know, somewhere I guess what's it? Somewhere, somewhere in the in the story, there's a, a shred of truth. Like I'd be fucking livid if I could, if if I if I spent all the time. Flying the New Japan flag, the dojo interviews, rocking up to fucking everywhere with my New Japan gear on, and you can't give me two fucking t-shirts to send to my parents. It makes so like it makes sense, right? Because we haven't gotten an explanation why Alex Coglin has decided to become a war dog. It's perfect. Like this promo, I didn't know. I like I love Alex Coglin endlessly. I will sing his praises forever. We've discussed on the you know you've interviewed him we've had him on here before we've interviewed him on our own platforms he stayed at my house um endless love him i did not know he was capable of doing a promo like this do you know what i mean like it wasn't it was i think there's something so special about a person that can cut a promo that draws you in where they're just not shouting and screaming and hollering he was just one tone very matter of fact um, yeah, like, you know, his grandparents died. Did he go back? Did he stop on the tours? Did he stop training? Did he leave the LA Dojo? No, he stepped working. His uncle died, kept working. Uh, finally gets his own shirt, which his brother makes for him and hasn't been paid by the office still. Um, and he says, you know, like, yeah, can I, can, I, can I get two shirts for my mom and dad, please? And the office is like, no, we're not giving away free shirts. Like, what the fuck? It's like $20, he said, like $20 worth of merch. Um and then, you know, he says it's the biggest G1 climax ever, but he wasn't meant to be in it. Uh, the only reason he got the call to get in there is because two Australian boys went to America to get the bag, obviously saying Aussie Open because they left for AW. That's the only reason we're getting Alex and you would assume Gabe Kidd in this tournament, which is a fucking travesty. Um, it, it, this was the promo of the night by far. 
um it exploded on reddit exploded on twitter i was over the moon to see the man get the love and detention he deserves but this was so gutting man yeah no it was it, it it's like look we watched new japan we know like no disrespect to alex kaga we know he's not winning the g1 right but now he cuts this promo this at this press conference now i have to, i have to matt from the shining wizards i have to see every alex Cogga match now because that anger is going to transfer over into the g1 and even if he gets four points he's going to do some fucking damage and he's going to tell some stories and we're going to find out what this bullet club war dogs is all about it's such a perfect story like you said when when reality blends with wrestling and this is that at its best like why did he join bullet club you know it, why not? He fucking this company's fucked him over. Time for him to take what he wants and fuck them back. Right. Um, whilst he's shitting on all the company like Bullet Club does, he's got all the reason in the world to do it. Um, sticking with D Block, uh, Shane Haste, Matt. <laughs> what an outfit that guy! <laughs> like he fell out of the fucking Willy Wonka movie, bro. <laughs> Full orange suit cuts a promo about how D Block is thick, D Block is hard, D Block is full of experience. This D is very big; it's very experienced. Um, Ends it all with throwing the hat meant to land on his head. Of course, it just bounces off and gives you a big thumbs up. You got to roll with the punches, man. He is Shane Haste is amazing. Um, who else was in D Block? I think that's the highlights from D Block. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you this: uh, in C Block, though, mm-hmm. do you do you genuinely think King? What because they put it out the day before Kingston's missing the press conference. I thought he'd miss it. Dude, I, I, how awesome was that? He just rocks up. He's like, "I'm not. I'm late. I'm not supposed to be here." It was so Eddie Kingston as well. He just you don't don't even see him. You just here out of nowhere. Like, where's the mic? And then he comes trotting out. Um, I think he was genuinely delayed. I don't think New Japan aren't the type of people to false advertise. It's very different mentality in Japan compared right. to here. Um, and also, I, I follow him on Instagram, and he was putting up shit like you know two hours before he was like final flight and stuff like that on Instagram. Um. So yeah, maybe he. It, it, I'm sure maybe he was just like, literally off of the plane straight there. Is I I'd have to imagine. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was cool in C block. Um, I I don't think there was any nothing special from C block, but B block, Matt. B block had a couple of good ones. You got Kenta saying everyone is ugly, yeah. going around pointing in each of their individual faces. But winner winner of B block, Matt El Fantasmo. He's your guy. Did you not remember El Fantasmo's promo? I mean, he said he had a sore throat, so I didn't think he was going to... He did have a sore throat. And so he made Chris Charlton read out his pre-prepared comments in which he, uh, you know, was very kind to all the rest of his to, to his competitors. He said he thinks him and Taichi should go out for drinks and they could be Eskimo brothers. Yeah. He wants to be, yeah. he wants to be Eskimo brothers with, with uh, Taichi. Isn't that nice, mate? He just wants to get warm under a coat with Taichi, just sit in the cold oh. and don't Snuggle think, up. I don't think you know what Eskimo brothers are. What do you mean? Eskimos, they sit in igloos and stuff and they it's keep not. each other warm. They're brothers, so they'll play, they'll keep each other warm. It's not that's not what an Eskimo brother is. <laughs> oh god, how does ELP get away with this stuff? Um and then... call, what do you call Tangaloa sweet tits. <laughs> he said he, he's gonna be trying his hardest to get Tangaloa's tits out during the match because Tangaloa wears like the body warmth, the the the, the Tangaloa, uh, the Tamatonga style thing. Um and then, of course, he gets the Great Okan. He's like, I think we could get on really well. I make cartoons. And Chris Charlton, struggling to say it, the line being that Great Okan masturbates to cartoons. 
Um, and the whole time, Will Ospreay is fucking broken. You can just see the man laughing nonstop. Um, he is in bits. The camera cuts to him and he's just got his head like over his suit jacket, like trying his best to hide. He's just shouting out to Chris, like, keep reading and stuff like that. Um, El Fantasmo is certainly the funniest of the night. Gabe Kidd wins most chaotic. El Fantasmo wins funniest. Alex Coglin wins best promo. That's my that's yeah. my awards. Shane Hayes wins best dressed. Yes, I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. It was very look, some of these press conferences, if there's not a lot of American talent in it, I won't really watch it until they have added the subtitles. Yeah, of course. But this was this is worth such a watch. Uh, and you could find the individual clips. NJPW nineteen seventy two was put up. Gabe's is up there, Coglin's is up there, Eddie's is up there, like Go out and watch these because they really set the tone um, for the G1 Climax. And also, like, it's great to see these guys just, like, fucking off, having a good time before. Because this is, like, it's not the best of the Super Juniors in terms of uh, every day. But, man, this is, like Kevin Kelly says it on commentary, it's, if they're not wrestling, they're traveling. So it's it's still a, a, a slog for these guys. Like, it's a lot. So to see them you know, having a good time here. Uh, it was a lot of fun, the press conference. Yeah, I mean, you. I think you have to get on a plane to get to Sapporo, um, or at least the New Japan guys seem to. Uh, you know, so they're getting on flights, they're on buses probably lots of the time, like traveling, like granted, they don't have to do the work, but it's not fun to just sit there for hours on end trapped on a bus. Um, and then they got to get off the bus, they got to go to the gym, of course, they got to keep in good shape, they got to eat right. Um, if you're if you're the war dogs, you got to go out in the town and you got a party. Um, they, they they got a lot of appearances to keep up these guys. Yeah, it's no joke, man. But that that was such an entertaining G one, man. I I had I had such a ball watching it. Um, it, it was just fucking so much fun. It really set the table for the G one climax. So, uh, night one and two are free on New Japan World. So, if you don't have a subscription, you've been holding off. What? Go check it out, man. Like you're gonna watch me and Kieran on the bread club here on Fightful Overbook, FightfulOverbook.com, Fightful.com. And you're like, what l- let me check this out. It's free on New Japan World. Go check it out. Don't be afraid of the 999 yen. It's like eight bucks a month in US. Yeah. It's really not that bad. Yeah. And you um, get all, all the back catalog and all that good stuff as well. Um yeah, and the the G1 has English commentary, the whole tournament. So all it's live. Kevin and Chris. Uh Kevin. For sure, Chris will be joining on select dates. Yeah, uh, I, I, I imagine Chris will be, Kevin will be taking guys from that aren't wrestling that night. I'm sure we'll be joining commentary, or maybe they are wrestling that night and they're on early. Um, I'm sure we'll get the El Fantasmos to chase Owens. Maybe we'll get an Eddie Kingston on commentary. Oh, nice. I would like that. Yeah. So, uh, so July 15th was uh, night one. So, did you, uh, uh, I didn't watch live, but I avoided spoilers. Did you watch live? What time, what time would this have kicked off for you? This was a pleasant kickoff. This was a 9 a.m. kickoff for me. Uh, the next day was a 6 a.m. start, though, man. Ah! I got my ass up at 6 a.m. to watch the Sunday. Did you? I, yeah, I don't know if I made the right decision. Um, God bless I mean, you. I mean, I enjoyed the show. I was proper on the fence, and I was at a party the night before I didn't get home till like midnight. Um, oh, I no. Really I didn't really sleep. Um, anyway, <laughs> night one kicks off. I don't know if this was the right. That's a good match to kick off. It was I think to, to kick off any night of the G1, let alone you want something to get the crowd 
going, juiced up and stuff. Like you, so, lots of the time in New Japan shows, you'll notice the first match, especially in tournaments, is usually a pretty fucking big match. This didn't hit the mark for me. This was a weird one to start the entire tournament off with. Uh, yeah, B Block. We're gonna open the show with Yoshihashi and the ELP. Um, I'm with you. B- look, both talented, great guys. The match was fine, but it exactly. doesn't it didn't set the to- like. This is the G1 climax, and yes, we're gonna have everyone's gonna wrestle seven matches, and we're gonna have this is gonna go on for a month. But to start it with this kind of was like it was fine. Exactly. Yeah. It- Exactly. Now on the head there. Um, and then the next match kind of kicks into gear. Gabe Kid, Chase Owens. Uh, oh, Yoshihashi we... gets the win. I think we I was just about to say that. Yeah, Yoshihashi gets the win. Um, next match, Chase Owens beating Gabe Kid. But as Chase Owens makes his entrance, Gabe Kid attacks him, throws him around the entire fucking venue, does the craziest fucking run and jump flip off the ramp to Chase Owens. Um, very reminiscent of Kurt Angle. Uh, uh, but yeah, then um, eventually Chase Owens gets the win, win, and people were pissed about this. I saw a lot of people furious. At this. I, I've seen a lot of people don't like Chase Owens. Look, there, there, there's claims about Chase Owens, isn't there? Like during speaking out, I don't know if he got away with something and he should have maybe been in more trouble if it wasn't true. There's allegations out there about Chase Owens, which will certainly put people off of him. I think he's fine in the ring. Um, I don't think he's particularly great. I don't think he's particularly the shits. Um, but yeah, people were super just pissed at the fact that Gabe Kidd is on fire. And, you know, if you're watching New Japan, it's hard to not like Gabe Kidd and think he's this top tier talent, like with tons of potential. Like, why is he losing to Chase Owens? People were pissed. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not. There's logic to it, no, but people yes, were. There's, yes, there's always logic. I thought Kevin and Chris told great. Chase has been in the, the G1 many times. Yeah, exactly. he's, like, he's, he's the fucking senior guy of the A block. How many how many years has Chase Owens been in New Japan and Gabe Kidd is finally getting his first go here? Like Chase Owens was a junior and then he became a heavyweight in New Japan. Um, he's been around a long time. It's just a, a seniority thing. It's just it's experience and Gabe Kidd is going to be taking losses left, right and center, unfortunately. Yeah, like Gabe came in and he fucking wrecked house and he put his he, he told people what he was here to do. But then he you know, made some some simple mistakes and Chase Owens, the veteran, took advantage of it. Now, look, Chase Owens ain't going to run the A block, people. Don't get your fuck. Don't get excited about Chase Owens running the A block. But look, this is a very young block. And I think they, you know, if you haven't looked at it on paper, they tell you in commentary like this is young. If Chase Owens is the senior guy of the A block. Like we got this just shows you how young the A block is. And the thing is, as well, if you're down on Chase Owens, on Gabe Kid losing to Chase Owens, think of it this way. Gabe Kid will get a win, at the very least, a win. Now it's going to be over one of the rest of the block. Look who else is in that block that he's got to face compared to Chase Owens. Gabe Kid getting a win over Shota, Ren, Suji, Kaito, Sonata, any of them guys, much more cooler than Gabe Kid getting a win over Chase Owens. Yeah, no, it'll be, it'll mean more. Um, next match is a match that happened during the tournament. Um, we can skip that one. Fucking hell, man. Tangaloa, Kenta, Matt. Uh, you know what? It wasn't wasn't without its its faults, right? But I thought it was. It's first of all, it's great to see Tangaloa back. Yeah, of course. But dude, this was the longest twelve minute forty six second match <laughs> of my life. Well, look, there was a story. Kenta worse than me. We we know he's got coming off this this knee surgery. That almost cost him his career. 
There's shenanigans with the belt and the chairs and the nonsense, but Tonga Loa gets the win. Ren reads the show to Umino. Oh. Let's, go. Let's go. Wait, wait. Oh, this is going to. It's fun when people disagree and have different opinions on podcasts and stuff, Matt. What? There's no. What, the, what are we disagreeing about? Go on. You, I, I know you loved this, didn't you? Dude, this was outside of the last seven seconds when they couldn't figure out how they were going to end the match. <laughs> um, look, I, the, the, match is, the match was good, but the story is better. And I thought Kevin and Chris did an unbelievable job of telling the story, how these guys have been given this label of the new three Musketeers. They fucking hate it. They don't want to be the new three. They want to be their own thing. That Suji saying, Umino looks like Tanahashi. He wrestles like Moxley and he talks like Naito. He's a shithead. Renderita's just a, uh, a Shibata clone. Um, I, the match was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't unbelievable. But the, the story, I mean, these guys beat the dog shit out of each other for 20 minutes. I don't I don't think they did. I think Shota beat the shit out of Renderita for 20 minutes. I think Renderita needs to step up his fucking game. Whoa. Look, for me, it was always Suji at the they sit and the people know I'm not I've never been big on Shota. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with uh, you. You're stupid. He carries that fucking second jacket. I, I don't know I, what you're doing. I think he's good. He can be great. I don't think he's like, you know, far and away. Clearly, Suji, well, as soon as he's come back, he's at the top of these three guys. He's in a league of his own, especially after that match with Kato Kiyomiya, oh, which yeah. we'll, get, we'll get on to after. Renarita was always my number two. He's a Shibata copy. Of course, I'm going to love that. And Shota was rock bottom. Renarita is plummeted. Renarita is a very far away number three out of them guys for me. What's the whole thing going into this? They hate each other. They don't want to be associated with each other. They want to prove they're the best out of the three. They came up together. They're dojo mates. Ren Narita is putting no stink on anything in this match. Shota Umino is firing bombs. This is one of the best matches Shota Umino's had, I think. He gets it. He's like, I don't like this guy. This needs to be a big match. This is a rivalry. Shota Umino said this needs to be a rivalry that spans the next decade. Him and Shota, uh, him and Ren Narita. This needs to sell out Tokyo Domes. This needs to main event Tokyo Domes. Ren Narita has just got very fucking weak looking offense. He's great at the technical stuff, and I think he needs to lean into that more because he's forearms and stuff he was getting shown the fuck up by Shota Umino you don't like his big boot I can't remember his big boot maybe uh, he might have had that but you know I I, I, they're always doing the forearm exchanges of course and stuff and he just looked it just looked weak as hell he's not a big dude either like I don't think he should be going this strong style route necessarily because he's not a big dude um Shota's big and Suji's bigger um he, but he's great at technical stuff. The transitions right. into like the Narita special and stuff like that, awesome. I, if he learned into that more, then I think I'd be a bigger fan. But right now, he, I think he's got a lot of fucking work to do. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I might have to go. Look, to be full transparency, I was up yesterday at 6 a.m. in the heat and the rain, and I worked a full fucking day. Look, I, I think this, is, I, this was the last match I watched. No, I'm sorry. Okada, Great Okan. Was the last match I watched last night before I was like, I, I can't keep my fucking eyes open. I thought the match was good though. I enjoyed yeah, no, it. I think I, I'm certainly on an island here. The the general consensus is that people loved it. You'll you'll notice if I don't speak good of something on Twitter, there's a good chance I'm not a fan of it because I'm just not about spouting 
right shit but, on Twitter. But look, you're not some fucking chode, so now I have to go back and watch this because you. No, no. Oh, I would then wouldn't suggest anyone go back and watch it. But I like no, I cer- certainly people did. But I'm I'm yeah. I just think Narita did did not kite for me in this match. I like the fact. I wasn't sure whether I liked the fact that they went to a draw in the first night, especially with these two of all the people. I get it. I understand it. Um, and you know, the 20 minute time limit is there for a reason. Clearly. Right. The crowd was fucking eating this up too. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Samoan love- crowd's kind of kit and miss. Like they were quite, kind of quiet most of as a whole of two nights. Um, but they certainly came alive at points. But yeah, you mentioned Okada versus great Okan. Um, I Before thought it was get- really good. Before we get to that, I'm sorry, Kieran, to cut you off. Did you think it's they talked about it on commentary? Is it weird that Chono gave Umino the STF? Yeah, I mean that's a another wrinkle in the whole story, isn't it? Why is Cho, why is Shota getting that treatment? Why is Su, why, it's another chip on shoot on uh, Suji's back? It's another chip on Renarita's back. Yeah, like why and then he... everyone else as well. Great Okan, Great Okan's got an amateur wrestling grab background and does all these other stuff. Why not him? Yeah, why wouldn't you get? Why wouldn't Narita get it? He's the fucking exactly. technician, right? It's a, it's, they're playing 4D chess with us, aren't they, New Japan, with this stuff? It's, I'm it's, fucking, I'm, I love it. And Ren Narita does a beautiful bridge, by the way. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. The technical stuff, he's great at. I think he just needs to lean away, or he's just got to fucking up the ante and make it look better. Right. Um. But yeah, he, he's not He's not, He's not. not buttering the bread for me to right, bring it, bring like it back to Bread Club. Um, I love like the disagreement, too. Don't get me wrong. I don't. To, to, nobody wants to hear two idiots agree on everything. Exactly. Um, Okada <laughs> defeating Great Okan. Um, I like this, especially the opening with like Great Okan just dominating Okada, all the grappling and stuff. I'd yeah. like to see more of that from Great Okan. But I thought this was a really good match. Yeah, I enjoyed this too. I thought they played up. You know, he lost. They they talked about how he lost his British title, and now he has nothing. And this is what we got. And uh, the fucking his ground game is something else, man. Yeah, so and Okada's Okada. I mean. Okada was shithead. He was grabbing the ponytail and to set up the drape and DDT on the outside. And, you know, the finish was good as well. The way the Rainmaker, the way it, the transition into the Rainmaker and stuff. Um, it, this was a really good match. A good showing for Great Okan, who, you know, feels like he, he something's got to happen for him in this G1. Yep. Like, you know, maybe he gets a win over Will or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're getting something with Great Okan in this tournament. I wouldn't mind it. It's... um. It's weird how much Kevin talked about Okada versus the field. What do you mean? Like he was like, if you like Okada, it seems like Okada is the favorite to win the G1. And they, he talked about it quite a bit during this yeah. match. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want him to win what it would be his third in a row, right? Maybe New Japan want to wipe clean the Ibushi slate. It's... Probably their best chance to do it right now. But yeah, I don't think anyone really wants Okada to go free back to back to back. No, I don't want it. I, yeah, I'm not. I, I like this. I like the unknown, right? I like we're we're in the unknown here. This mm-hmm. it's literally anybody's um, anybody's tournament. And it's proof by this next match, man. Suji and Kiyomiya. I'm glad I went to bed when I did last night because <laughs> when I woke up this morning. I did the usual. I got the breakfast for the wife. Then I fucking settled in for Suji and Kiyomiya. And God fucking damn. First of all, Yoda Suji is a big fucking dude. He's so big. He shouldn't be doing fucking tilt the world <laughs> hurricane runners. He shouldn't be doing fucking dives through the ropes to start the match. And I love how, how Kevin 
Kelly and Chris Charlton, and I don't know how it works. I don't know what the relationship is, but they were very uh, on commentary. Like pro wrestling, Noah's done nothing to to help this young man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Mark, they're not Mark, wrong. Mark, Mark Pickering and Stuart Fulton took a great adage with uh, the commentary from Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton. The Noah commentators, for those who don't know, Mark Pickering and Stuart Fulton. Um, had great uh, uh, annoyance, should we say, in a couple in a tweet or two with how Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton spoke of Kaito Kiyomiya. They didn't look. I don't think they. He's had. I don't think anything they said was false. He's had a down year. He got the shit beat out of him by Okada. He lost his championship. He's the lowest of lows. Pro wrestling knows doing him no favors. I'm trying to see if I can find Mark. Ah, uh, here we go. Mark Pickering, the Noah commentator. I watched the first Kiyomiya G1 match. He did great. I thought Chris was quite fair. You can even make a case that Noah heavyweights are stronger than New Japan heavyweights, in my opinion. I thought anti-Noah stuff was too much, but then I'm going to say that. You can check how we made Kento and All Japan Pro Wrestling look on Saturday. That was Mark's little dig. Little His little dig. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's you know we're gonna you know we're gonna get to Wrestle Kingdom next year, and there's gonna be a fucking Noah versus New Japan thing. So why not plant the seeds now? I guess. Here we go, and this was this was Stuart Fulton, uh, who I think is fucking amazing on Noah commentary. Like big props to Stuart Fulton, I love him. Uh, in my honest opinion, I am Ho. It's a commentator's job first and foremost to put over the athletes. We embellish details and make them look greater than they are. If commentators lie or go out of their way to create drama where there is none, they are nothing more than tabloid writers. I'm assuming that's about Kevin Kelly and Chris Sean. I can only, I, uh, timing-wise and stuff like that. But yeah. Uh, but the match itself, much more exciting than commentators beefing. Yes, the um, match is fucking ma- awesome. match, of the, match of the night for me. Really? Make, make, make a case for match of the tournament so far, but I've got a different pick for my match of the tournament. Okay, so okay, so this was great. I was, I think it was uh, action packed, dude. Like I said, Suji doing things he shouldn't do. If you've never seen Kiyomiya, like, this is a great introduction to him. He got yeah. a huge, this is a huge win for him, uh, in this A block. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm like, this A block is the most intriguing. I oh, think we is. talked about it the last time Just- we did, like. Who's going to no, come out of this A-block? There's, there's never going to be an obvious winner in any of the matches. Like, obviously, Sonata versus Chase Owens, you can make a safe bet Sonata. But, I mean, you know, amongst the, the prospects, the Kaito Kimias, the Sujis, the Naritas, the Shotas, like, whenever those guys step in the ring against each other, you're not going to have a, the slightest inkling of who's going to be winning here. Like, this could have gone either way. Suji still hasn't won a singles match now in a, in, in since he's come back. Whereas mm-hmm. they got Kaito Kimi the outsider is off to a good start. Um. I I, re- I fucking I loved it. I thought it was great. It it, it was perfect. It done exactly what he needed to do. Yeah, he's off to a great start. And your two, your two, uh, your three musketeers. Two of them have one point, and one of them has nothing. So not, none of all all of them leave him winless on the first night. Like you know, the story continues. Now this next match, last match of B block, Tai Chi Will Osprey. I fucking love this. I've seen. I, I agree with you. I thought it was very good. I've seen people. Saying lots of negative things about Will Ospreay's selling of the losing equilibrium, the shot to the ear, losing his balance and stuff. Because obviously that's a legitimate thing. Your ears, your balance and stuff like that. So very hammy acting, you know, uh, very bad selling, all that bullshit. Um, I I got a bit concerned. I, maybe I'm on the mark. Maybe I'm like, oh, is he actually hurt? And then 
you know like do you know what's got it for me though what i think was really smart is that we'll call the high kick that done it kayfabe gave him the problem taichi didn't hit him clean will caught it and that's what made me think something went maybe a bit wrong and it accidentally caught will because he he caught the foot but it still clipped him a little bit i thought that was really good yeah, no, the whole thing, hit Osprey just dominating him and then grabbing the fucking the stopwatch and being like six minutes. <laughs> I'm going to fuck your day up, motherfucker. Like we got another 14 to go. Like like he, he, he could have easily beat him in seven minutes and he didn't. And then I have such a I, I love Tai Chi. There's a couple so years good. ago in the G1 when he beat Naito, like for me, that's when I turned. And if you've been listening to the bread club, I turn on people. I've turned on Yoshihashi. I've turned on Master Wado. In Not a good in way. Yeah. In a good way. I've come around on them. Maybe turn. I watch too much wrestling. I've come <laughs> around. Um, like when Taichi beat Naito at that G1 a couple of years, like I came around on him and and I think he's super underrated. And I was couldn't believe he beat fucking Will Ospreay coming off of the Omega match. Like, this is great. When, when he takes off his pants. Hot dog, voice of an angel, my friends. If you are not listening to Tai Chi, tai chi music on your morning walk or when you're at the gym, you're doing something wrong. I love the finish as well. Will going for the flying front hidden blade and Tai Chi fucking clipping him out of the air with that thrust kick. It was perfect. It looked fucking brutal. Yeah, I thought this was great. Um, I thought they done for it. And it's, I'm pretty sure Tai Chi's hometown or home prefecture. Um, and he got he got a big hometown win. Um, you know, so. So nothing disappointing there. Um, and then the main event, they got in, they got out. I, I can't have any complaints. It didn't yeah. overstay its welcome. Yeah, he hit. Uh, he, they, you know, they they talked about him not and be not not being able to. He struggled. Uh, Sonata struggled to hit this dead four. Yeah, well, I mean, Hikule is a big fucking like, dude, man. Where the, where the fuck's this guy's head? Like just grasping at the air. But uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. After at, you go. You go the the whole middle of the first night of G one from Shota to Ren all the way to Taichi Osprey is like that's a great oh, maybe that should have been the first four fucking matches of the night because that was a great run and then uh, I get why Sonata goes on last he's the IWGP champion um, and it wasn't a terrible match it just after the ride you're just on you're like okay yeah exactly it, it it was fine and then you know sonata brings out taichi hometown boy they pose for the fans and stuff everyone goes home happy and we go into night two of the g1 which kicks off at 6 a.m my time as i said uh i admittedly didn't pay the most attention in the world to this tomohiro ishii losing out to david finley david finley kicking off uh his g1 with a big win yeah and now this is the complete opposite of night one this is a match you want to start a show with yeah uh, because these guys were, you know, look, man, tell me, Tom, Big Tom's not going to get a lot of W's, but Big Tom is going to have some fucking really good matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. This is a great way to start night two. Obviously, David Finley's got the Boulder Club War Dogs, and he's the never open weight champion. And he's really uh, in the wrestle in uh, G1 uh, ballot or whatever you guys, the contest yeah. did. I did, I, I strayed from Naito because I feel like that's the pick everybody's going with. And I, I went Naito. I want David Finley to win the whole thing. Wow, that is very fucking bold. Um, I think if that's the outcome, you're probably you've probably got this G one <laughs> in the bag. My our Pickums competition over at Wrestle Win. Yeah, um, it was a great. And if you're not following Wrestle in at Wrestle Double uh, Wrestle in Double N, uh, check it out because Kieran and company are putting out 
awesome content uh, on yeah, a regular we're, we're basis. On, we're on fucking fire at the moment. I can't wait to get into the plugs after this. Um, but yeah, uh, Hiroki Goto defeating Toriano. It, it was a match. They went for the comedy aspect. The Toriano match. They got the local mascot involved. Um, nothing to but nothing was, to speak about. I I I want to I want to skip over this match to talk about the match of the tournament, Matt. You want to skip over this match? To talk about I, no, match. I want to. I want to skip over Goto and Toriano to talk about the next match, which is my match of the tournament. Okay, Mikey Nichols and Hanare. What the fuck? They're doing. Mikey Nichols is doing shoot headbutts. Mikey Nichols busted himself open like his motherfucking Kasiori Shibata. Uh, yeah. They. Uh, I mean, look, it's fucking. <sighs> It's the first night of the C and D block. Um, you got to go out there and, and get people fucking talking. And Hanara and I, 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 I got to look it up because I'm going to fucking butcher it. Because Oh, yeah. No, like... Hanare coming out. Obviously, at a press conference, he had his face hidden. Nobody knew why. I knew why. The, the Mat- um, Matura? Is that what it's called? I, 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 yeah, I'm not going to pronounce, pronounce it properly. Yeah, he's, I, he's... See, it's funny because I had reached out to him. We now have a, because we do the show now on YouTube, The Shining Wizards. Um, I reached out to a bunch of the past guests, like, "Hey, can you make a video where you say you're watching The Shining Wizards, and we can include it in our intro?" And Hanaro was like, "I'm not doing anything where I show my face until after the G1." And I was no, like, yeah. "Ooh." I mean, if you want, if you go back to my interview with Aaron Hanare from a few weeks ago, there's a reason he's wearing a cap in the interview because he had already shaved his head off by that point. Oh um, yeah. He shaved his hair off by that point. Um, but yeah, Hanare comes out. He's got, as I, I, I don't know the proper terminology for it, but he's got the face tattoos, which it's, it's not simply a tattoo. There's a lot more cultural significance. Yes. It is a huge fucking moment for Hanare and his culture and everyone involved in that, uh, that he is representing this on a global stage. It is really cool to see. Um, it's yeah, really worth you, looking uh, into. Yeah, if you follow Kevin Kelly, he tweeted out a great article about the importance of the, the 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 face tattoo and what it means. So if you follow Kevin Kelly on Twitter, find that article. It's a great read. Yeah, I think I would say as well, not that I've not seen anyone say it, but regardless of if your, your opinion on the tattoo, whether you think it looks good or bad, probably just shut the fuck up because it's not a tattoo. It's not like, you know, right it's not, it's, a, it's it's not a stupid penguin on your forearm it's you know it's it's got a lot more fucking meaning than yeah, that so there's a lot there's a lot more significance to it and it it, it, it's really fucking cool new entrance music as well um it's a shame in a way he lost all things considered the new look and everything like that is it's a it's a weird choice but the the fucking ending to this match man dude i thought Hanari to kevin was kelly dead. to audibly say shit yes it was so he didn't intend it clearly it escaped out of his mouth it wasn't a loud commentator selling something he just went shit like he was scared yeah kevin Kelly. He got dropped right on his fucking head man and i i sent hanari a message this afternoon just to like hey man i hope you're okay i done the same i done the same but he he went backstage. He cut a backstage promo. He was on Twitter promoting the, the his heritage, his culture, and everything, the importance. Um, and there's not been any news since. So you know, remarkably, the man's okay. But he's fucking made of steel. Look at the size of him, man. Absolute fucking unit. Um, yeah, these guys, man. I just I would have never in a million years pegged Hanare sure to get involved, to get a bit grimy, to get a bit let's get a bit physical, of course. But 
for Mikey Nichols to be meeting him halfway and doing shoot headbutts, like the fud on that one that split him open, like oh, it's sickening stuff, man. Um, I'm surprised, uh, you know, the 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 big the, all the the hubbub the last week here in the states is the banned list from AEW. Yeah, whatever, whatever that nonsense is. But I'm surprised with everything that happened with Shibata in the New Japan ring that there's not somebody like. Like he comes I, through the curtain, you're like, bro, don't, can you not fucking throw a shoot headbutt? Like, I do wonder. Yeah, I, I wonder if that was a conversation after. I, I wonder how much of it was planned. How much of it was just in the moment they were doing headbutts, like lighter ones, and everything. Right. They just fucking went for it, and you know, um, obviously, I should say, like the finish. There's no way that was the that was the finish. That was meant to be the final move. I'm sure it was not meant to go that way. I'm sure. No. Like, there's no you would drunk. never see a wrestling move where someone does that to them their, their opponent on purpose. Mikey Nichols was perhaps a bit dazed from fucking splitting his head open uh, with a headbutt. Um, and, you know, he, it, it's quite interesting if you watch it because as he drops him, he kind of tries to help somehow. Like, he gets his arm under him. He tries to kind of Tuck grab him and slow it. Head. He realizes mid-fall, Mikey, like, Canare's not in a good position here. It's really interesting to watch. Um, it, it's not interesting. It's very fucking horrifying. Like, I gasped super fucking loud. It's like 7 a.m. in my house. Um <laughs> It scared the shit out of me and shocked the shit out of me. Um, but yeah, pro- props to these two men for fucking putting on a, a highlighted tournament so far for me. Yeah, this is this was good. Shane Haste with a big win. Excuse me, Mikey Nichols with a big win. Uh, and we follow up with Shane Haste uh, was- and Alex Coughlin. He's got I another th- fucking banger, man. I thought this was tremendous. I, I said to you back after the Aussie Open and uh, TMDK tag title match. That I wanted to see Shane Haste in the G1. And I was tooting that horn ever since. And now here we are. And he fucking delivers. He, he's an entertainer as fuck during the press conference. And he puts on an incredible match. This dude is so underrated. He is the full package. The little kind of running kick PK thing he does to the face. That, that, that looks tremendous. I, I, I've never seen anyone do that before. And certainly not to that caliber. Um, and I think Alex Coglin was the perfect dance partner for this debut. Like they both looked a million bucks in their the G1 debuts. 100%. And Alex Alex showed off his strength, uh, which is what he is great at. Um, the suplexes and stuff where he's just in an awkward position and he's just easily picking somebody up. But again, you know, and I think it's going to be a story um, with the Bullet Club War Dogs throughout the G1. They are inexperienced. So Alex Coughlin makes the decision where he's going to go and throw some chairs in the ring and he's going to bring in his open weight tag title, which doesn't make any sense to uh, to anyone why would you want to get disqualified um and as the referee rips that belt out of his hands Shane hits a, a suplex onto the chairs and it's a wrap for Alex Coglin do you know what the name of Shane Haste's finisher is uh let uh um fuck i just watched this too it's called bomb valley death Bomb it's, it's it's the comical Shane Hayes fucking with the moves instead of having a Death Valley driver or a power bomb or something. He's fucking just throwing all the words out of order and calling it Bomb Valley Death. What a guy! What an entertainer! He truly is. Um, I think uh, we, this could be another disagreement on the Bread Club. Maybe we need to actually get a baguette and have a fight. Um, fight! Wow. Or a, a tussle, a tug of war over the baguette. Um, Eddie <laughs> Kingston, Shingo Takagi thoughts? It's okay. Okay, good. Um, it was it, it's and I think it's what you're going to look Eddie Kingston loves Japanese professional wrestling right but this is this is I think this is what every 
Eddie Kingston match is going to be. I think it's going to be chop, 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 exploder suplex, chop, 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 back fist, you know, whatever the other guy hits his finisher. Like, look, it's a huge win for him. And if it means that he gets to defend this, this open strong title against um, Shingo at all in or all out or wherever they decide to do it, like, cool. But like, I don't know. People it, were so high on this match. I didn't even think it was good. I I would argue it wasn't good at all. Uh, Shingo, Shingo isn't a stand and tra- trade guy. He's not a stand in the ring and let's chop. His chops were awful in this match. I don't know that I've seen Shingo really throw, throw chops before. Shingo is a guy that needs to get moving. Yeah, that's well, why he's, 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 he's stu- to be a junior. That's why stuff with Will was so good because they fucking go. They hit them ropes. They're flying around. They're throwing bombs. They're not stood still for a second. And Eddie Kingston is not that guy. I think these two just had really not good chemistry. Um, I I, I didn't think this was a good match at all. And I don't. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I was I was surprised by the outcome. Yeah. Um, you know, but the you know Shingo's another guy. Like I think people maybe forget. Like he's long in the tooth, right? So. I think yeah. that they they like as well the outsiders kind of I think need that first win when they come in to make them seem like you know this isn't someone that's just going to roll over and they're just here to fill a spot. I think that helps with the the, the audience. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't think there, there was one bad moment as well, one curious moment. I think like with the final back fist and the camera's just a bit far back and you see Shingo clap his hands, but like the clap is really before the back fist. So then there's a the sound of the back fist hitting as well. So there's like a double clap, but it's really out of time. And you can just really obviously see Shingo clap his hands like really far in front of him. Um and shit happens, you know, I, I get, but I, I think that was quite a gratuitous moment. Um it just really took me out of it. Yeah. It's uh I think look man, Eddie's great on the mic. He's got heart, he's got soul, he pulls you in. He needs it's a story. Magic. He yeah. needs a story. He needs the can can a match great. He's trying yeah. he needs he, the stuff with Moxley and Claudio going on over here. Like that's the story, right? He look he's gonna this is this is an Eddie Kingston match. I'm sorry. Like, if people are watching this and they're mad at me, sorry. Like, this is what it is. They're just going to chop. He's going to chop people. He's going to take his straps down. He's going to fire up. He's going to hit an exploder. Maybe he pulls out, like, a Junaka Yami move, and people get excited about that. But that's what Eddie Kingston does. He's good at what he does. I, I, yeah, I, just, I just don't think it, this match just wasn't the right for that. Shingo couldn't meet him halfway there. Um the next match I thought was great. Hiroshi Tanahashi, new gear. What do we think, Matt? Mr. Tanahashi's the, biggest fan. What the fuck is he doing? I was trying to find a fucking picture to tweet it out. What the fuck? What is he doing? You're either I wearing like a shirt or you're not wearing a shirt, asshole. Fucking figure it out. You Shawn Michaels ripoff. <laughs> I mean, he loves Shawn Michaels. He's not shy about saying he that. He's fucking a big hero, a, a big um inspiration for Tanahashi, Shawn Michaels. Um, I like the new gear. and I, I Of course you do. I really liked the match. What are you having fucking lunch with Tanahashi tomorrow? You gotta talk him up. Uh maybe uh all in weekend. Um fucking bell. You, I, have a bell. I have a fucking bell for you now every time you name drop or you <laughs> happenstance, me and Tom Lawler were dressed exactly the same like twinsies. The Shout match was Lord. great, but I fucking can't stand his stupid new outfit. Yeah, no, I thought the match was great. Look, I, I know I've I've sung praises Zach Sabre Jr.'s praises on here before, but there's no rest of this year. Out of the big promotions, out of what I watch, I can't speak to you know Dragon Gate, all those other type of guys. I don't think there's a wrestler having more high-profile matches as often as Zach is, at the quality Zach is. 
nothing Zach has done reaches this levels of a Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay or Kenta Mihara versus Katsuhiko Nakajima from the weekend or any of those big match of the year contenders. But if you put his workload together, he's absolutely supersedes everyone else. Right. It's going to really upset me come the end of the year when Zack Sabre Jr. isn't in the contention for wrestler of the year. Right. It's like Dean Malenko in the uh, early 90s. Right. Just, he was just, you knew what you were signing up for. It was always going to be a fucking great match. It's, it, it, just what he's doing. It's just, it's just it's tons of single matches. Every one of them good. Like it, it's consistent and it's high level. And yeah, Zack Sabre Jr., wrestler of the year. Um, but yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. getting the win here as well. Um, TMDK clean sweep on night one. Yeah, look, I, this match was great. The storytelling, how the tables were turned, Tanahashi working the arm, yeah, with the dragon screw arm arm yes, bar. That was really great, cool. Great stuff. And then just Tanahashi being fucking stubborn. He has Zach in the arm bar, and Zach just rolls him, and he won't let go. And even Kevin Kelly says it on commentary. I thought it was great. That's like, it was such a good finish, right? Like such an obvious finish but in this i can't like in those instances the person always kicks out you never really get the finish there right to put the and you have to i see it like you know and maybe it becomes a story like to to submit zach saber jr right you just watched brian danielson submit okada with one arm mm-hmm. right if Tanahashi can want you know hey you got tapped out by danielson and i made zach saber jr tap out you know, but he wouldn't <laughs> let go. All you have to do is let go, and the match yes, goes on. It, it, so. um, yeah, no, I thought it was great. Next match, not so much. Evil oh, defeating. my God. I can't believe this Anna went off fucking 17 and a half minutes. <laughs> I have not very little memory of this match. I tuned out early in. Um, yeah, I. this was evil. Oh at his, this, was, this was evil and house torture at their worst. What the fuck? I told you this morning, right? I'm like, hey, full transparency. I'm I I am halfway through night one and I have to watch two and I'm watching the clock as I'm watching this and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm cutting this so close. <laughs> then, Ten minutes. And I'm like, what the fuck? Then it's fucking dick to go. Then it's this. Then it's that mother fucking 17 and a half minutes of this shit. You got to be kidding me. I don't know if I can sit through six more evil matches, Kieran. I you know what was your, I'm going to make. Uh, a proclamation here, uh, an admittance of guilt. Um, in our wrestling pickums competition, I'm pretty sure I picked Evil to get out of the blocks at the very least. Um, you know what? It'll happen just to give me fucking Ajita and for me to be over the top angry on this show. I think he's yeah. over. I think he's overdue just for something to be happening. He's you know, he's a big name in a way. Um, but yeah, Evil, Evil getting a win, and then we move on to our main event. Well, the- Jeff. Oh, I'm sorry on. to cut you off again. But, you know, I think there's that story, right? Finley's in that block, too, and we don't know where House of Torture falls with the Bullet Club War Damn. Dogs. Yeah. Finley was very much said no comment when asked right. during his new NJPW 1972 interview. So it'll be interesting to see where, because we don't know where Jace Owen, Chase Owens is either. Yes, he got a win over Gabe Kidd, but, you know, where is he in the Bullet Club? We still yeah. have Ishimori and Takahashi, like, we know what the war dogs are, but where do all these sub factors? I would love Bullet Club war dogs are Bullet Club. House of Torture gets kicked out, becomes their own faction. They've got enough members; they don't need Bullet Club like association. I don't think. Right. Um. You know, maybe they need one or two more people. Um. But yeah, I I would love Bullet Club war dogs to become Bullet Club. Let Let's get the fuck all these side groups. Let's get right. Bullet Club. Let's make Bullet Club be Bullet Club. 
Trim um, the fat. Yeah, exactly. Um, main event, Jeff Cobb finally getting a singles win over Tetsuya Naito. Um, Tour of the Islands. Jeff Cobb getting a big main event win. Does the United Empire roll call, taking the piss out of Naito with the cap on uh, post-match. Um, yeah, I thought this was pretty good. Uh, I don't think it was anything special. Um, Naito busting out a jumping hurricanrana from the top rope. like He's jumping off the rope to do it onto Jeff Cobb instead of doing it from the rope. was a, a new little thing for him. Um, but yeah, this was good. I Look, I enjoyed it. Uh, here's my problem. I don't want the Naito is he's lost three and then he fucking runs the table. That's always that's every G one. It happens all the time. Stop it. Whoever's stop it. Gato, knock it off. Like Jeff Cobb won. I was like, fuck yes. And then I was like, God damn it. We're going to have to fucking sit through this again where Naito has to climb the hill to avenge his early losses. Actually, that, that's always the they love it though over in um the, the, the fans in Japan. You gotta have the uphill battle. It's no fun if Naito just wins a clean sweep, is it? I know, but if it's the same fucking guy. It's the story of Naito. The ballad of Naito. I'm do- I'm good. Can we get the ballad of somebody else? <laughs> um but yeah, that's the that's the first two nights of G1 all updated. By the time it says there's probably gonna be another night of G1, at least one night, perhaps a second. Um, we are not in control of the gods that be, aka Jeremy. Um, but yeah, uh, we, 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 G1 Independence Day press conference. Fucking lots and lots of fun, man. Are you? Uh, I know we don't talk a lot of American wrestling, but Kota Bushi's going to be on Dynamite this week. He Does that do be. anything for you? No, I mean, I won't watch it. I'll seek out stuff in the morning. I will seek out, like, try to spoiler free see stuff in clips but yeah i don't think i'm gonna watch i won't watch blood and guts that's a long match isn't it uh i don't know about long. i mean it won't be any longer than ftr against right like 58 minutes or something i'll tell you what i don't know if you saw it dude it 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 fucking it was it did not feel like an hour i'll tell you that right now i've, I've had I've had nothing but good things. Um, Those boys had their fucking dancing shoes on, bro. And I never, ever thought Jay White and the tag team would work. I'm, do you know what I'm happy about is people giving praise to Juice Robinson. He's always been fucking great, especially on the mic. Like in the ring, he's like nothing special, but he gets the job done. He's exciting enough in the ring. But dude, the mic in Juice Robinson's hand, his backstage promos, he's always been top tier, like one of the best in the modern day for sure like of modern day wrestlers that are competing now and speaking on the microphone juice robinson's up there yeah he does he's great great on the mic the stuff the the stuff with fred that they just finished up and is some of the it's it's just great shit big rock hard fan over here (laughs) you rock hard are you matt oh so rock hard Uh, (laughs) there's a uh i don't i don't know how much you read the the dirt sheets, but I f- thought that was very interesting. Apparently, uh, Bushi was supposed to be on Dynamite what last week, okay, but he he got lost at the airport and Kenny Omega couldn't find him. It's the most WCW thing I've ever heard, and I don't know how true it is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, historically, Bushi's not the best traveler. Like he's lost, it's like he's lost his way. He's lost his phone traveling and stuff like that. He'll tweet about it and stuff. Um, so I don't know how likely that really is you know i feel like someone just feeding off of the 
the the the Ibushi mystique and Ibushi's past. Um, were you so? It's been two weeks. We post Forbidden Door. Kenny Omega sits down to do a Sports Illustrated interview. Um, I, I look. I love. I love. I lo- look. There. It's easy. For, like we do this every two weeks. We we armchair quarterback maybe the booking, but I don't think we've ever been like we just move better. We, or why is he doing that? Like I don't think we've ever questioned. What did we just we the match we just spoke about, Mikey Nichols and Hanare, shoot headbutts and fucking let me just try break your neck with this move. Yeah, I don't like, think he was trying to break his neck. <laughs> no, of course not. But you know what I mean? Like and we didn't say they should have done this. They shouldn't have done that. They should try doing this. What are you doing? I fucking love that Kenny Omega basically popped off in this. I, I did too. I, I put a tweet out the other day, like these fucking marks. Love it. Fuck the safety, please. You can not want these people to get hurt. I don't want anyone to get hurt. I love right. these people. They entertain me to no end. I have endless and en- endless respect for these human beings. I don't want any of them to get hurt. But let them do what they want to fucking do. They're the professionals. It's called professional wrestling. It's, I just love that Kenny Omega literally just said, just shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a quote from the interview. Just shut the fuck up. Two of the best wrestlers in the world. They know what they're doing. Safety police got shut the fuck down by Kenny Omega. It's like Kenny Omega coming to the pizza truck and telling me how to make a fucking pizza. Pump the brakes, bro. (laughs) I'll do what I do. We're good. Oh, man. It it was so good. He raises so many good points throughout it as well. Like, you know, you wouldn't tell Mike Tyson how to box and stuff like that. And you wouldn't. I mean, some people would. That's the problem. Uh, well, that's why we're having this conversation. That some people think they know better, um, and obviously everyone's, you know, posting their opinion because apparently people give a shit on Twitter. Um, well, no one, no one does. Right, that's the thing. Like Twitter gives these people the platform where they think, and then they think that they're that they're an expert on everything, and then all it takes is one fucking jack off to say something ridiculous, and then a hundred jack offs are retweeting it and liking it, and then it's a thing, and that's the problem with social media. Yeah, no, I just, I and love so much love for Kenny Omega just shutting this bullshit down. Um, it, it's tr- tremendous from Kenny. Pro- big props to him here. Right? That's the, like, look, I don't know if you listened to the latest episode. So we did the Bad Dude Tito interview, right? You did. And then At we do this podcast. And then we do a press release, right? Where, where Kevin listens back and he transcribes everything and we send it out. Mm hmm. Someone used the head. Kieran, this is real life. I've, I've is... seen this. I've seen this. Real please, fucking please. life. I can't get a fucking, I can't get 10,000 fucking followers on Twitter for the podcast, but some fucking jack off jabroni tweets something that Kenny Omega's got a million fucking retweets, and then there's some interaction with Kenny Omega where he's telling him, shut the fuck up. Here's this great interview, and some idiot uses a fucking picture of Tito Ortiz, and then the headline says, Tito Ortiz eyes the G1 in 2024. I was so livid. And then, but then you scroll down and says, Bad Dude Tito was the latest guest on the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Maddening. Maddening. Makes me mad. Pro wrestling, baby. Um, I wanted to bring these up before. And because I know I, I we never want to leave it till the end. Um comments from the last episode. Um Kate Hensler 
saying hearing Kieran say D's nuts in a British accent made her day. Another great episode, and thanks for keeping her up to date. Um, endless love for Kate. Obviously, check out all her stuff over on Fight for Overbooked as well. Um, a busy, busy, busy person. Um, yeah, Kate, the cat, Kate, by the way, catalyst for my bowling ex expose, possibly. Ooh. Where it uh, turned into me getting chopped by this person. I, so you, you, you've been with them before and already been chopped before. No, I haven't. But it oh. was like, oh, yeah, it'll be great when you lose and this person chops you. And I was like, I thought you were my fucking friend. I mean, that's what friends do. They help you live out your dreams. Your boy I'm signing her up to be chopped by women wrestlers. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, Julian, as always. He uh, pumped when the episode comes out. He said Forbidden Door was great. He loved Osprey versus Kenny a lot and hopes they do a third at some point. Don't we all? Um, he's saying there's so much wrestling going on. It's going to be a difficult time to keep up with everything. Independence Day shows were phenomenal. Uh, his final is Shota versus Naito. That's a big, that's a, that's a smart pick after they had that singles match earlier this year. Um, and he thinks one of the three Naito's uh, Musketeers is going to make it far at the very least. Okay. Not again. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not high on the night. I really don't want night to win there. Uh, Scott George suggests we should ask Jeremy for a short musical spot to open the show with. Fightful employ some musicians on their staff. Uh, or Matt, you should do an audio spot of taking bread out of the oven and telling us how good it is. <laughs> yeah, I can take some bread out of the pizza oven. Take some, take some bread out of the pizza oven and then over the top of it have Okada going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> TV Asahi would shut us down instantly. Um, Bring it on. Bring it on, TV Asahi. Peter Davies adored the kick out of one and Tiger Driver 91 spots from Omega and Osprey. He wasn't a fan of uh, Kylis being kicked out and coming back, just the same as you, Matt. Um, Oh, props to to Mexico, bro, thinking it's real. (laughs) Props to you guys down there. Fuck yeah. Uh, we got a new fan as well. Roddick Tillman uh, commented, just got finished watching his first episode. Uh, he thinks he's found his new happy place for Puro Resu, and he thanks us. Um, so Roddick, Roderick, sorry, where over the moon you found us, mate. Leave us a comment again. Hopefully hopefully you came back for the next episode, and hopefully we keep you we keep you entertained enough, buddy. Yeah! <laughs> oh, Carter just walked in. Um God damn, JMP flexing on us. He was there at Forbidden Door Live, his first ever live event. Um, it's a fucking great live event to go to. Jesus, the crowd was burnt out by the main event. I definitely feel that. Um, and he said, when Will grabbed the flag, that's when the place really woke up. Don't mess with those Canadian flags, people. Yousef, uh, as always, we love you, buddy. Independent Day shows are fantastic. Uh, and the War Dogs got all the gold. Um, of course, the junior and the strong openweight gold. Uh, Twan Mac saying he hates when matches or shows are promoted. What did we say? 43 minutes, 54 seconds of the last episode, Matt. What did we say? Oh, God, Kieran. Um... Whatever whatever we discussed, Twan Mac said exactly. He ha- They hate when matches or shows are promoted like that. Let the fans decide when it's done. Also, I'm a huge Brian Danielson fan. Uh, when we were talking about how they was touting it as being the best versus the best. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, best in the world, right? Yeah. Um, and Declan asked how we feel about Eddie Kingston versus Shingo Takagi. We've already discussed that. Uh, hopefully, you didn't love it, because otherwise you're not going to be a fan <laughs> of what we said. Uh, well, it looks like they're going to run it back at some point, so we'll have to talk about it again, maybe. Yeah, for sure. But no, that's all the comments, as always. Thank you very, 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 very much, guys. Um, 
I, I always have it open on my phone and I forget because I get so excited speaking about New Japan. Yeah, no, I hear you. And you, I did that gimmick where I put it up on the screen, but it's just been fucking chaos over here for me with uh with work. I am. Uh, it's busy. It's so busy and it's so hot and it's so humid and it fucking rains every day, but it doesn't rain like a nice rain. No, it's a fucking monsoon every fucking day, dude. Come for the New Japan coverage. Stay for the mat runs. That's the slogan. So like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm fucking. I had to say, I sent a text to the Wizards today. I'm like, guys, I'm fucking burnt out. So you better fucking come correct tonight because I am this close to losing my <laughs> mind about something. Is, is there any guests lined up for the Wizards? No, there's nothing tonight. Uh, uh, it's just got, it, uh, it, chaos. Just complete chaos. chaos. Reign supreme. We have our trivia game. If you like wrestling trivia and you want to be a part of it in the future, we could use somebody who knows something about pro wrestling. So, uh, so if you listen to this and you, you want to be a part of the game at wizards podcast on all forms of social media, uh, you could follow us and uh, drop a DM. And if you know, wrestling trivia, uh, and you understand the way we play the game, the, can you beat that game where Tony gives a topic and then they're like, let's say seven answers. And it's like, who were the, the, you know, whatever, who were the, who's the, who are the only guy gins to win the IWGP world heavyweight championship. And then you and the other opponent go back and forth. You know, you say, I can name two. Oh, I can name three. Oh, I can name four. Okay. Yeah. name four. Can you beat that type of deal? So it's a fun, fun wrestling trivia game. So we have that tonight and, uh, or whenever this drops, it'll be in the latest episode. We have top for all the ECW heads, the next episode on the 24th, Todd Gordon, will be on the show he was the uh original like figurehead and then he was uh he was the uh, ecw mole when everybody defected to wcw uh, he's got a book coming out so he'll be on the show to talk about that next week the 24th of july that's a really fucking cool and unique guest you're gonna get some really like unique insight that you wouldn't get from the guys in the ring that's really fucking cool yeah, I was hoping I would get a free book to read before we interview them. <laughs> happen either. <laughs> you might get one after, and it'll be too late. Hey, you know what? I'm all down. I'm down for. Re- I'll read a wrestling book, though. I don't mind. hundred um, percent. You can find me over at Wrestle In Wrestle I Double N. We're, we're firing on all cylinders at the moment. Um, we're we're trying to put out really special, unique content. We've got all the podcasts. Um, I had a column all about the new generation of Bullet Club. I spoke to Gabe. I spoke to Alex. I spoke to Carl. There's uh, Clark. There's clo- quotes galore in this column. I'm really proud of it. I speak about how this new generation of Bullet Club can be something special. Gabe, Alex, and Clark all say why it's so cool, why it's all so unique. They give their thoughts, their feelings on everything. I, I really think I'm really proud of this one. Um, we also had an interview go up with Dragon Gate's Jason Lee and TJPW's Rika Tatsumi. Rika Tatsumi saying she wants to wrestle against WWE's Alexa Bliss in the interview. Um, and uh, going up on the website later this week, you can get early on the Patreon now uh, an interview with Stardom's Micah ahead of the five star Grand Prix kicking off, um, which is a very big get. We're very excited that Stardom's really hard to get interviews with. Um, we've been trying for a long time uh, over the moon to have Micah. But yeah, uh, t- these all these interviews have been available early on our Patreon, patreon.com slash wrestle in. Uh, it doesn't cost much uh, uh, every month. Um, and yeah, th- there's more stuff coming. I've just. Re- New, new new episode of Noob Japan where we talk about Arisa Hushiki. There'll be a new episode of New Japan TV at the beginning of August, which I'm planning to res- to record with someone from Bullet Club. 
I won't get too far ahead of myself in case things don't pan out, but I know this person and I'm sure it'll be, it'll work out well as the bell rings. Um, that's the Kieran bell. But yeah, seriously, uh, if, if no matter what you, if you like wrestling, we have got something for you, whether it's interviews, whether it's columns, whether it's podcasts, we've got a chocolate bro podcast. Trent just had a five star Grand Prix pre- preview go up and it's so in depth. He makes his own graphics. It's really fucking cool. Uh, if you want video content on the YouTube, we've got video preview for the five star Grand Prix. We had a video preview for the G1 from Jamie and Fusa. Um, tons and tons and tons of fucking stuff. Please check it out at Wrestle in N. Boom. Great stuff. Great stuff. Before we go, Osprey Marafuji. Oh shit! I'm so glad you brought it up. For the fuge, hashtag for the fuge. Get just. Can you put the bell away, please? <laughs> Dude, I. So when Marafuji, like Will Osprey, has made no, has not been shy about saying he wants to wrestle Marafucking Fuji. Yep. This is a man that inspired Osprey. Osprey uses a good bit of Marafuji's moves. He credits the fuck out of Marafuji for them. He doesn't claim them as his own. Uh, when Marafuji was announced that he was doing a special anniversary show in Corican Hall, I-, I messaged Will and I was like, this is the perfect time for you to step in the ring with Marafuji. And Will was like, what is it? When is it? And stuff like that. And I sent him the tweet. So maybe Will's fucking with me. I'm sure probably by this point, the match is already fucking booked. This was like a month or two ago. And it's like an 11.30 a.m. start in Japan, this show. Um and and we was like I'm not fucking wrestling at 11:30 a.m. <laughs> uh, and then lo and behold the match gets announced. Uh, and and I I say oh surely you'll do it for Marafuji. Osprey says for the Fuji. Um, lo and behold the match gets announced. I'm I I message you. I'm like I'm so glad you're finally getting this match. You're gonna have to wrestle uh, early in the morning after when he responds back with 11:30 a.m. and a vomiting emoji and uh, says for the Fuji. Um, so yeah, for for the Fuge hashtag for the Fuge. Um, this this means so much to Will Osprey. He put the tweet up saying like no one will ever understand how much important this is for him. Um, it's it's really fucking cool, man. I, I'm 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 over the moon for the man. Yeah, it's gonna be something too. It's it's um, it's always fun when you get a match like this where it's somebody who's inspired by the person they get to get in the ring with. For the Fuge. For the food, the light won't show you vomiting emoji very well. That's okay. I'll do it myself and I'll record it later. <laughs> Hashtag for the food. For the food, I'm gonna go bowling with a wrestler, and this guy's fucking rubbing elbows with the goat. Always got to one up me. Always. Uh, I don't know. I ain't been bowling. That's with why anyone. I get the, the fucking shining wizard Ow. shout out at Wrestle Kingdom because Kevin Kelly knows I'm just a, some fucking poor guy. How do I one up bowling? What's the, what's the next sport I have to do with a wrestler to one up bowling? Oh god, I don't know. What do you guys play? Fucking cricket, darts. What's big over there? Wait, darts. Darts is a good pub game. There's you don't have. Why do you have to try and one up me, Kieran? Can't I just have? This? You said it. I'm just following you. You told me. You well, said you're gonna. You're gonna fucking slide on my DMs. Look who I played fucking tiddlywinks with. Or <laughs> fucking sleepover, and we watched Independence Day. <laughs> Oh man, uh, the but, film, not not the show, right? Not, not you, the new Japan show. You no, know, if you li- if you listen to the Bread Club, just casually out, Kieran's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm rooting for this guy. He spent the this night. This is on only this is like, this is only the stuff I tell as well. I I'm very. It's weird because part of it because I know people like hearing it. Like right. I know you're giving me shit, but generally you're happy, you're excited. It's fun to talk about. Do you know what I mean? Jesus. 
<laughs> um, but like you know, people are excited and cool to hear it and everything. Like they get excited for me and everything. I really appreciate that. But on the other hand, I'm like, it it's black and white. It's just bragging. And I don't. This is why I don't post on Twitter and say I've had these interactions and stuff like that. I'm speaking to this person. I'll I'll drop it here because it's fun and games with you. But there's lots of stuff that I there's conversations I have and things I do that I don't promote and talk about because I'm lucky enough to be able to speak to these people and I don't want to take the piss. Such a nice British boy. I am. My mother raised me well and my father. Yeah, but I think again, just to ruin the gimmick. Um you like Fuck. work hard. Yeah. You work hard in the wrestling community though. Like so like I try. You're not like we like Yes, like sometimes you step in shit and you like see Tom Lawler walking down the street, but also like you put out great content and you do this day in wrestling history and you are one of the positive voices in the wrestling community on Twitter, which is like a needle in the fucking haystack. <laughs> so that's, like that, that's the that's the goal. I think you earn you've earned the right, and I think it's humble that you don't. But every once in a while, you could do a humble brag, and I don't. Think yeah, it's not humble in a slice, but no, it's like when I went had the last minute trip to Japan earlier this year. Like so many people in my DMs and responses and everything, like so happy for me to go. Like you know, they're living vicariously through me. Um, you know, it was like for every I got like two or three tweets where people were dickheads about it. But for those two or three tweets, there was about two hundred tweets of people being happy and asking me questions. And you know what I mean? Like the 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 good very much outweighs the bad. But yeah, no, that. I, I try I, I don't always want to just drop it and talk stuff you know of course i get it i understand i understand kieran but anyway yeah i'll interview nobody's in my i'll interview i'll interview philadelphia fuckers i get to see el desperado hiromu i get to see shin skywalker and nick wayne slide in my dms you fucks you gotta slide don't, first. Don't, don't, don't Give slide. Don't, Seriously, don't. I don't. I can't be bothered. I'm too. <laughs> leave you. Leave Matt alone. All right. You don't put on deodorant. You probably don't <laughs> shampoo it. Don't. Don't bother me. All right. I got fucking. V. am in the crow's nest. All right. I'm away from all you uh, regular people because I'm a millionaire. So I don't rub elbows with you. VIP Matt. Millionaire Matt, baby. Double M. Big double M. Karen, before we wrap up, uh, I took it the liberty of um, doing something nice for you, and I don't know if you, I don't know if you're aware of of uh, of things, but I'm a an action figure guy, a collector. Uh, Pro Wrestling Tees has put out a uh, Katsuyori Shibata uh, little 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 guy. Yeah, one you of know, my Trent sent me this. I I wasn't, I didn't know how, like, I didn't look into it properly, admittedly. Well, I, I ordered two. Future. I ordered two. I ordered one for myself, and I ordered one that I will send to you upon its arrival, sir. Oh, that makes me feel like I'm. I'm very fucking happy, but it also makes me feel bad. Don't. Why would you feel? Look, he's. I don't. I get these little. What are they called? Micro brawlers. I get them in my AEW boxes that I get oh, once, okay. once every three months. I don't yeah. really collect them, um, but I like the New Japan guys. So I'll have to, they, I'll have to trade you. Oh, a trade ski. Well, I saw Shibata. I know he's your guy. I said, I don't guy. know what it's like. I don't know if you. When's the when's the death before dishonor? Is that Friday? It is Friday. Yeah, if Daniel Garcia wins, they will. If Daniel Garcia wins, all in ain't happening because I'll put the hit out on Tony Khan. Wow. 
Wow, going right after Mighty Mighty Boss Tone, huh? I was going to say you could burn Trenton to the ground, but they've definitely beat you to that. <laughs> it is not. Just because it's the capital of New Jersey, you don't mean it's a fucking nice place, people. <laughs> it's a fucking shithole, bro. It's a fucking... It's not great. It's no Camden, which is the fucking murder capital of the world, but it's a pretty big shithole, Trenton. This is the moment when all our favorite commentators, like YouTube commenters and stuff, reveal that they're all from New Jersey in the comments next for this episode. There's no shot. They would have reached out to me a long time ago. To tell me <laughs> New Jersey. I got a fucking pizza truck. Pizza and wrestling fans. They should be looking to fucking meet up with me anywhere I go. No one's yeah. slipping to my DMs for that shit. I can't cook for shit. Um, I can't cook for shit either. I don't fucking stretch a pizza, pizza in the oven. Yeah, exactly. That's cooking. It's not hard. It's not like, you know, like fucking, it's not like I bring home like a fuck grocery bag and I tell my wife like, hey, pretend it's chopped and make us dinner. <laughs> no, I did that I last night. I was like, I need a drink, but we don't have. A, I'm like, what can you make with what's up there? <laughs> she made something. Wow. <laughs> it tasted. It didn't taste bad, but it didn't taste like anything. But there was alcohol in it. So maybe that's why I got sleepy when I was watching the <laughs> Probably has a big part of it, yeah. But thanks Me for too. thanks for watching, guys. I need, uh, to mic my wa- I need to mic my wife when I watch the G1 because she's not a wrestling fan. So I every once in a while, like, how good a show that would be if you just got like someone to watch wrestling with you that is not wrestling and just show them the loopiest shit, like like Mikey Nichols dropping Hanare on his fucking sky head. Every once in a while, she would just look up and ask me a question, and I'm yeah. like, I'm like, you don't care. <laughs> i'm like she why are you why why are you like being, being nice she wants to be interested in the things that you're interested she doesn't. in she's like. got her head she's playing fucking zelda she's still she on don't. i was just about to ask she's still going strong on zelda oh my god she's gonna go strong on zelda for fucking ever she don't give a shit i don't even know why she bothers to ask me quite because then i like start explaining to her and she's like i don't care and she just puts her head back down i'm like you fuck if only zelda had come along a long time ago this zelda a long time ago i think she's she's very happy with it it's good it is very good it's good, but it's not bread club. It's not bread it's not club bread good. Club. No, nothing is bread club good. The best New Japan show out there. I'm definitely see. Here's the problem. Like next month, the next time we get together, I got to take the cat back to the vet in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like, oh, I will make a note to eat. We'll eat bread. I'll eat bread on the show, but I'll fucking forget. It's okay. Don't worry. We'll we'll, we'll get to the bread one time. We'll we'll have to buy some fancy ass bread. Um, Man, make an occasion. Bread. It's just fucking bread, dude. I mean, I've got out-of-date bread in my cupboard. I'm not eating it. Yeah, what, holiday bread? What is a holiday bread? Out-of-date bread. Oh, don't eat that. Expired. <laughs> right? Uh, like, yeah. I don't think Kojima's eating fancy bread. He's just eating bread. I don't know. I think bread... No, Kojima, do you know, for all this bread club talk, Kojima, he's like a bread... He knows his bread. Like, he goes bread, to... A bread aficionado. Yeah, like, the interview they done on for, about bread club years ago, where he explains how he goes into a bakery and... He, 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 I think like he, the smells and stuff like that. He he knows his shit. He knows what he's buying. He ain't just going in and getting like you know your your average person's bread. No, he is the you know like how people s- sniff wine and say it's got hints of this and that. That's Kojima, but bread. Really interesting. So he's just, he's just not showing up buying an olive bread. He's fucking. He knows his shit. He wants that fresh shit, freshly made. My mic is falling apart. We should end this. <laughs> What love <laughs> the bread talk is too. You're squeezing it too hard. You're getting excited. Yeah, okay. bread. <laughs> you sitting on a oh, fucking good. WrestleMania 27 chair? 28. Jesus, were you there? Yeah. 28. 
was what? that was Florida, right? Yep, Miami, once in a lifetime until it happened again next year. Fuck, hashtag fuck WWE. In, in New Jersey? I was uh, there. Oh, uh, WrestleMania 29, yeah. Yeah, it's the only WrestleMania yeah. I've ever been to. I done 28 and 33, and 33 was like, okay, I'm done with WWE now. Where was 33? Orlando. It was uh, more because yeah. it was in Orlando, so we we done all the theme parks and everything, of course, as well. Um, okay. I wouldn't so, have done WrestleMania otherwise. It was two birds, one stone. Okay. Well, at least you got to do the theme parks. That's enough WWE talk for one episode of Break Club, I think. I just uh, saw it fucking John Cena's face. 30, that 30 seconds will we'll, we'll do nicely to wrap us up, I think. That's right. You guys want to make sure you follow Fightful Overbooked, FightfulOverbooked.com, Fightful.com. Uh, for all, look, guess who's not putting out fucking press releases with pictures of fucking Tito Ortiz? Fightful, people, all right? Fightful, go to Fightful.com, FightfulOverbook.com. Uh, you're going to follow Kieran at KieranRH93 on the Twitter machine. More importantly, you're going to check out Wrestling at WrestleIn, double N. If you need to know anything about what's going on in Japanese professional wrestling, not just New Japan, Noah, All Japan, they cover it all. You've got a fucking podcast about Chaco Pro, all right, which is like Shining Wizard Tony's only favorite. one out there. Yeah, it's the only one out there. So you want to check it out. You go there for all your news and information, uh, and you join the Patreon. That's what I did. I got in before we warned you. See, my I'm grandfathered million, in. Millionaire Matt, but he's thrifty too. Well, I, you know what? No, don't you motherfucker. I put in $5, <laughs> and you told me, what are you doing? I said, oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> you made me go back down to a buck. I was just yeah. trying to support my friend. But uh, you want to check out wrestling, check out their Patreon, support it. The bonus content they give out is some of the best, and it keeps your finger on the pulse of what's going on uh, in the Japanese wrestling scene. There's no better podcast for it. Uh, I'm doing the Wizards podcast every Monday night with the boys. We're fucking around. Um, Ironically enough, tonight, by the time this drops, the latest episode, we are going to talk about Bruiser Brody because today is the 35-year anniversary of his uh, senseless murder. Uh, and the, the 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 footprint he has on the world of professional wrestling and what could have been because, uh, you know, I did some some research and we're going to talk about it. He was supposed to be in Germany on a tour, but he to true to Bruiser Brody, he refused to lose. So he left the tour and that's how he ended up in Puerto Rico. I know Damn. he owned the company, but I'm sure he was just like, fuck it. I'm got time off so i'm just gonna show up and wrestle and it's like what if he just did the because he was on a card i have to pull it i'll pull it up uh for tonight's show but he was on a card with a young boy from japan so he knew the photographers were going to be there and he didn't want to lose in front of the photographers wow i i had no idea right what if so interesting that's fucking protected his gimmick till the fucking day he died excites here i hear you boys talking about bruiser brody is going to be fucking awesome on the what if, what if, what if. So check it out at Wizards Podcast at Kieran RH93, uh, at Wrestle in Double N on the end there. Fightful Overbook, FightfulOverbook.com. We'll be back with two weeks. More G1 Climax uh, news notes. Uh, we're going to get more announcements for this Multiverse United, this this Juniors tournament that's coming up here in April. So April, August, Jesus Christ. So check it out. And maybe we'll eat bread. I don't know. We'll see uh, what other kind of dumb outfits Tanahashi wears in the coming weeks. Kieran's like, just fucking end it. It's late. <laughs> late. We, we, we will be climaxing in two weeks. Damn it. Oh, in two weeks. I'm climaxing now because I'm rock hard, baby. 
Do we have an int- outro music? We should find outro music. Yeah.